Welcome to Trifriend Heroes, a Legend of Zelda podcast. I'm Ellen. I'm Kayla. And I'm Gazem. And today we're discussing The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. Woo-woo. Oh, wait, sorry. No, that's a train sound. <laughs> wrong game. Woo-woo. Save that for two times. Woosh, Yeah, like a wind sound. Mm-hmm. In this game, it's Little Link's birthday, and it takes a turn when his sister gets kidnapped. We set sail from a certain island where it's become customary to clothe boys who've come of age in the green of the fields. Just like the hero of Time War when he cast out evil all those years ago. But that's just a legend, right? Oh, that was uh, that was directed at us. Yeah, yes, yes but just a legend. <laughs> of course. This critically acclaimed game was released in 2002. So happy 20th anniversary to this game, which blew my mind when I read it while I was mm-hmm. preparing. Yeah. For this podcast, which means we're old. Um, Probably pretty close no. to its actual anniversary. Probably came out. Uh, this came out in the summer. Please hold. Only because I, I thought I got Master Quest and the... That came with a pre-order in, over the summer, right? Quest was released in advance, though, I think. It was in advance. Um, ah. If I'm not mistaken. Released in Japan in December 2002 and North America in March 2003. Oh, okay. okay. so maybe you did get it in the <laughs> summer because it came out in March in North America. But okay. Yeah, this is the first time I didn't say what month. <laughs> now I'm having regrets about my, my laziness. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, remember when popular games came out months apart in Japan and other parts of the world? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and now it's just like, comes out downloads your system automatically if you like pre-order it and like you can trans you can play it in any language from day one mm-hmm. or you not any language but from in multiple languages from day mm-hmm. one so yeah it's a it's a different time but even like i'm pretty sure ocarina of time one of the games that we already talked about was all released at the same time or within like a few yeah, like a month a or months. something yeah yeah so like it had been it already been like they were already producing it mm-hmm. yeah, i think it was ocarina of time because it was they were already producing the ones with the like sound that was unchanged and stuff like mm. that. So, yeah, I actually didn't see if they like sanitized things or anything out of this game, but I didn't. I don't think so. I think they stopped doing that after uh, Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's be much to do in this game. Well, I do know that um, for the GameCube version, the Japanese version has different physics engines and stuff. Like like things have changed. What? Well, I mean, that sounds dramatic, but like there are certain things that you can do in the Japanese version that that was fixed in the other releases. Mm. Oh, because it was like a bug. Yeah. They yeah. Usually mm. Make some changes like that. Mm-hmm. They yeah. definitely updated it for the non-Japanese releases. <laughs> so it was more than just the translation. But to what degree? I don't know. Beyond that. Yeah, I don't know. Yep. yep. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, at the t- <laughs> this game sold 4.43 million copies, which sounds like a lot, but it's like half of Ocarina of Time, because Ocarina of Time was like 7.6, mm-hmm. and Twilight Princess, which came out later, uh, a-, a few years later, and was the next like 3D game of the series, sold like 8.8. Mm-hmm. So this is probably due to the mixed fan reception, which we can talk about. Yeah. yeah. The GameCube also wasn't a very... Well, sold console compared to no. mm, yes. Nintendo's others, <laughs> and also it's because I think it's partially because it was released around the same time as the Xbox and the PlayStation mm-hmm. Two. Yeah, the PlayStation oh, Two, yeah, PlayStation the two. best-selling console ever, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it lasted for years and years and years. <laughs> Which is a shame because the GameCube's a great console. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is my seamless segue to you, Kayla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm ready. (laughs) So Wind Waker begins with a legend, one that should be very familiar to us, about a prosperous kingdom that hid a golden power, the evil that tried to take that power, and the boy who leapt through time to defeat him. That boy was given the title the Hero of Time, and his tale was passed down the generations until it became legend. So when that same evil rose again to threaten the kingdom, the people believed the Hero of Time would return to save them, but he never appeared. As the kingdom fell to ruin, the people could do nothing but pray to the gods and leave their future up to fate. 
Today, many hundreds of years later, none who know what became of that kingdom remain, but the hero's legend still lingers. And on one particular island within a vast sea, it became tradition to dress boys in the hero's green clothes when they came of age. And on that island, a young boy named Link is about to celebrate his birthday. Our not-so-legendary hero is woken up by his little sister, Aril, and sent to see their grandma, who gives him the traditional hero's clothes. Link isn't super psyched about this, probably because he had to change out of his cool crawfish shirt. <laughs> but he goes along with it and goes back out to meet up with his sister again. She gives him temporary use of her prized telescope, and when Link tries it out, he spots something rather unusual. A giant, monstrous bird with an unconscious girl gripped in its talons. Also pretty odd, the bird is being pursued by a pirate ship firing its cannons at it. The pirates eventually manage to hit the bird, causing it to drop the girl on the island's cliffs. And Link, being a good boy, immediately goes to get a sword from the local retired warrior and hurries off to save her. Every town has one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to have a Fu Manchu. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the requirement. That's <laughs> the local retired warrior laws. <laughs> yeah. The girl, named Tetra, isn't super impressed by the rescue attempt, but she does return the favor a bit by keeping Link from charging right off a cliff to his death when the monster bird returns and snatches up Aril instead. Link asks to get a ride with Tetra and her pirates to go and save his sister, which Tetra reluctantly agrees to once it's pointed out that the bird almost certainly mistook a reel for her, so the kidnapping is kind of her fault. They take him to the Forsaken Fortress, a place with extremely bad vibes where the monster bird makes its nest. I wrote bad vibes in capitals. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed, I was just muted. <laughs> Spotlights make it impossible for the ship to get very close, but it's okay because Tetra has a brilliant plan to get Link inside. Stuff him in a barrel and launch him at high speed over the walls. <laughs> this does indeed get Link into the fortress, though in addition to the probable concussion, he also loses his sword in the process, forcing him to stealth his way through most of the dungeon. He eventually retrieves his sword and even finds the room where his sister is being held, but unfortunately the bird has been alerted to Link's presence, and it snatches him up before he can do anything. It flies Link to the top of the fortress, where an ominous-looking man in a dark cloak observes the boy silently for a moment, before coolly gesturing for the bird to toss him far away into the sea. Link astoundingly survives this, and is then further saved from death by drowning or exposure by a boat. Not a person on a boat, the boat itself. <laughs> <laughs> this boat, who is very proud of being the only talking boat in the world, introduces himself as the King of Red Lions, and lightly scolds Link for his ill-prepared charge on the Forsaken Fortress. He explains that the shadowy figure Link saw there is known as Ganon, the same evil force from the ancient legends. Somehow the seal of the gods he was under has failed, allowing Ganon to threaten the world once again. If Link wishes to defeat him and save his sister, he will need to go through much toil to gain a great power capable of challenging Ganon. The King of Red Lions first leads Link out onto the Great Sea to collect the three pearls of the goddesses from the guardian spirits protecting them. The first two go smoothly enough. He gains Din's pearl from the Rito people after helping them in their sky spirit Valu, then the second, Ferori's pearl, after helping the great Deku tree in the Koroks. But when they go to seek Nehru's pearl from the spirit Jabun, they find that his island of residence is completely destroyed. Ganon's power is growing ever stronger. Fortunately, Jabun survived the attack and was able to flee to a safer hiding spot, which happens to be in a sealed cave on Link's home island of Outset. With a little inadvertent help from Tetra's pirate crew, Link is able to break through the sealed cave and get the final pearl from Jabun. With all three pearls in his possession, the King of Red Lions directs Link to place them in special altars across the sea, which causes a grand ancient structure known as the Tower of the Gods to rise from the depths. This is a testing ground, where Link must prove his courage and worth as a true hero. Link succeeds, and this acknowledgement by the gods opens up a portal of light on the surface of the ocean. The King of Red Lions takes them inside, and they sink far below the waves to a long-forgotten castle in a sealed kingdom beneath the sea. 
The King of Red Lions does not explain where they are, simply sends Link into the castle to retrieve the item held inside, which he says will be able to strike down Ganon. Link enters the castle, which seems to be frozen in time at the moment of a terrible attack. Colors are dulled, and Ganon's soldiers stand frozen all around, as Link discovers and enters the castle's hidden chamber. Within, Link finds a sword on a grand pedestal. The Master Sword, the Blade of Evil's Bane. The King of Red Lions instructs Link to take it, and when he pulls the sword free, color and life flood back into the castle, forcing Link to fight his way through the attacking army to make it back to the surface world. With the Master Sword in hand, Link once again makes for the Forsaken Fortress. He fights his way back to the room where his sister is being held, and Tetra and her pirates arrive to take the girl to safety while Link faces off against the monstrous bird who took her. He is victorious this time, but things take a turn for the worse when he reaches Ganon. Ganon points out to him that the return of life and color when Link pulled the Master Sword was more than just symbolism. The sword had also been the key to the seal on Ganon's magic, and removing it has restored his power. Ganon easily knocks Link aside, and he is only saved from immediate death by the arrival of Tetra, who manages to briefly distract Ganon before being grabbed herself. But then something unexpected happens, and Ganon's triforce of power reacts to Tetra's presence. With a menacing grin, he declares that he has finally found Princess Zelda. <gasps> yes, gasp. <laughs> Tetra is very confused by this, but before anyone can get into what any of this means, some of Link's Rito friends arrive to quickly grab him and Tetra and carry them off to safety, while the Sky Spirit Valu torches Ganon's stronghold with his fiery breath. Back at the Tower of the Gods, the King of Red Lions urgently directs Link and Tetra back to the kingdom below, and tells them both to go back to the Master Sword Chamber. There they discover a man who explains to them that they are standing in Hyrule, the ancient fallen kingdom from the legends, and that he is its king, as well as the spirit within the King of Red Lions who has been guiding Link. He also reveals that Tetra is indeed the descendant of his royal line. She holds a piece of the Triforce of Wisdom, which has been passed down and protected through generations, and the king holds the other piece. When those pieces fuse, Tetra's lineage is fully revealed. The king asks her to stay here, safely hidden from Ganon, while he and Link return to the surface to seek a way to defeat him. Back up above, the king explains that the Master Sword has lost its power to repel evil, which means that something must have happened to the sages who originally infused the blade with that power. He directs Link to go to the Earth and Wind Temples, where he meets with the spirits of the sages, who are indeed cut down by Ganon's forces. They tell Link to seek out their descendants and awaken them as sages, so that they can restore the Master Sword's power. These descendants turn out to be two beings that Link already knows well, the Rito Medley and the Korok Makar. Link travels through the Earth and Wind Temples with their help, bringing them to the altars where they are able to restore the Master Sword's power. After this, Link must assemble the Shattered Triforce of Courage, upon which he is given the title the Hero of Winds, and the gods open the portal to Hyrule once again. But this reveals something terrible. Ganon has already broken into the hidden chamber and stolen Tetra slash Zelda. <laughs> is she Tetra or is she Zelda? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Questions. Yeah. Like she's, she clearly still thinks of herself as Tetra, but then, like, everyone's referring to her as Zelda after that point. Yeah. Until then. She hasn't <laughs> mm -hmm. to yet. And they're like, now you're Tetra again. It's like, oh, yeah. so just for a second? Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's probably something to be said. We were talking a bit about, like, Ganon versus Ganondorf in this mm -hmm. game. It's probably something yeah, to be Zelda's said about, like, the... The use of names and titles and stuff. Probably. Mm -hmm. But anyway. <laughs> but Link is finally ready to confront Ganon for the last time. Link makes his way through Ganon's tower lair, which had also been hidden beneath the waves, defeating all obstacles in his path. Atop the tower, Ganon attacks Link to steal his Triforce of Courage, which he combines with his own Triforce of Power and the Triforce of Wisdom he's already taken from Zelda, and he brings forth the completed Triforce. He waxes philosophical for a bit and explains the power of the Triforce to grant a wish to whoever touches it, and how he wants to restore the kingdom of Hyrule and make it his. 
But while he was getting all dramatic, the king of Hyrule snuck in and placed his hand on the Triforce first. And he makes a different wish. To wash away Hyrule and all its lingering memories and miseries, and to grant hope and future to Link, Tetra, and all those above. The gods hear this wish and grant it, and water begins to flood down into the once-sealed kingdom. Ganon laughs madly at his lost chance, then turns to attack Link in a rage. With Tetra's help, Link defeats Ganon, rather brutally driving the Master Sword into his skull, which seals him in stone in the Drowning Kingdom. The king chooses to stay below as well, saying that he was just as stuck in the memory of old Hyrule as Ganon was, and he sends Link and Tetra back to the surface, bidding them to live for the future. Up above, they reunite with their friends and family, and soon they sail forth to seek out new lands and a new future. That's the end. Yay. Mm-hmm. Yay. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> it was a good game. Listen. It was very good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I liked stabbing Ganon in the head. Yeah. yeah that was a good time. Oh, very satisfying. Yeah. So he's like, even when I know it's coming, I'm always just like, oh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, it's because it's like you do like a normal parry, and then it just is like a, this crazy mm-hmm. cutscene where you jump yeah. up and stab him in the mm-hmm. brain. Like... <laughs> I thought the last battle was really cool. Mm-hmm. I liked that Tetra, aka Zelda, aka Tetra, was involved mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. in the last fight. Like she actually shoots mm-hmm. the arrows, which is pretty yeah. cool. Zelda was there in the Ocarina of Time final fight, but she's kind of stood there and was like, "Hey, Link, your sword." I mean, she kind of does yeah. the same. And then halfway through, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she does do the same thing for the. Well, like, it, part it, of it, I mean, battle, it, it but... sort of like when she like holds him down with the power of light or whatever, so you can mm-hmm. stab him. Um, yeah. Like, I feel like it's very yeah. s- a similar role with trying to shoot him with the light arrows. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't yeah, know. Definitely, you have yeah, to actually like, kind of a callback huh? to that. Mm-hmm. It is, but she actually shoots, and you have to actually work with her. Yeah, it's cool to have Tetra yeah. more involved in it. Yeah, back up. It's also a very cinematic fight with the water pouring down all mm-hmm. around. It's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of sucks that you, it's really hard to attack Ganon, though. I was like, okay, hurry up and shoot, 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 like multiple mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, Tetra, shoot the arrow. I just kept smacking him in the face of the boomerang. <laughs> oh, it's a good idea. Why didn't I think that? <laughs> I'm like, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> he's like walking. He walks really slowly. I was like, okay, he's walking now. I'm going to like line up now with Tetra's arrow. Mm-hmm. But then she like takes forever. But then you can hear her. She makes like a call before mm-hmm. she shoots. It was fun. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed not being completely alone. I feel like, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, Zelda's there in Ocarina of Time, but she throws your sword to you, like, halfway through or something, but she doesn't really, I don't know. Yeah, yeah she's not, like, in the arena with you. Yeah. No, no. She's, like, on the edge of the arena being like, hey, Link, you're doing a good job, Link. <laughs> and you're, like, almost dead. At least I was. <laughs> I definitely didn't struggle as much in this game as I did with Ocarina of Time. <laughs> I died a lot playing Ocarina of Time. Yeah. I died like yeah. one time playing this game. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I died a little more, but I I did hero mode, so there were no hearts. And it's oh, really because yeah, you don't hard. get a bottle in a fairy until after basically the first dungeon, or I mean, I guess you could a while. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that was hard, but then after that, it would... yeah. If you don't, if you only have three hearts after the first dungeon, yeah. it's going to be a lot harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But did you get to wear your jam jams? Yes. <laughs> That's the most important That's part. Nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about characters? Like the most important mm-hmm. character introduced in this game, Beetle, the greatest mm-hmm. character. Yes, in this yeah, game. Does. <laughs> there's a we were talking about like um like when there started to be like some voice acting in the series. There's actually a lot of talking in this mm-hmm. game. It's mm-hmm. not like full voice acting or anywhere near it, yeah. but like Beetle says a lot of things. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like thank you. <laughs> thank you. Actually we um, joke about that all the time yeah. to this day. Yeah. Every time. And I think this might be the only link who talks like audibly. He he makes noises. <laughs> what 
Uh, other than like he, the screaming, fighting, do, what other noises? Well, he says, "Come on!" When he's like, uh, "Oh when yeah!" When you're when you're with like Medley in the car, or the little statue dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. says like actual discernible words in this game. <laughs> he like is like. Ah. Slipping. He's got some good sounds. Yeah. Another good one is when so. you do the hurricane spin. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And he's just like whipping you all around the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like he can't well, really he control it. Yeah. His yeah. eyes are also like bugging out. They're like he- really huge. Yeah, and then he's like... dizzy after the end. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah. I'd forgotten it did that. I was like, oh yeah, I can go learn that special move from Orca, and then I tried it out. <laughs> I was just like laughing. Yeah. I hadn't learned it before. Like the first, the last time I played this game, I had never learned it, so I was like, "Oh, I'm so excited!" And then I did it. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is like <laughs> impossible to control." Yeah, <laughs> it's good if you're in a room full of stuff, <laughs> but you need a lot of time to charge it. So mm-hmm. if you're in a room full of things that move fast, it's like kind of hard to use because yeah. as soon as they attack mm-hmm. you, you're like knocked out of the charging stance. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like when you you can't, yeah your hold is canceled mm-hmm. so it's a little bit hard but it was fun yeah. it's funny to watch him spin around like crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah we have beetle the most important character mm-hmm. um <laughs> the traveling salesman who at least makes a a appearance again later in breath of the wild skyward sword I actually don't he's in skyward sword and skyward thing. sword okay because mm-hmm. i don't remember because i haven't i didn't play enough of skyward sword to see him yeah he's peddling his little sky ship thing mm-hmm. <laughs> around the main <laughs> island <laughs> exciting <laughs> he's an important character obviously and then he gets mad and dumps you out of the ship if you don't buy anything mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's in this game you can get like a if you get like a silver membership or whatever you get like a little coupon thing did you mm-hmm. ever use it it's like i a didn't this game but a, yeah it's like the complimentary card coupon. or whatever and he just and he's says just like, like you're, you're great. so great yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he gives you a compliment it's really funny i didn't <laughs> i didn't realize that that would happen and i laughed and laughed that's good <laughs> i love beetle yeah beetle mm-hmm. says thank you he says oi a lot of people say oi mm-hmm. yeah yeah and like the king of fred's lion says hey mm-hmm. uh on mm-hmm. the hey yeah that's yeah. what he says yeah and then uh tetra talks to you as well mm-hmm. what she says though yeah, hers, hers is like a little like hey kind of thing mm-hmm. like it's sort of like hey but yeah more you know sassy <laughs> yeah she's basically epitomizes sassiness so or like mm-hmm. a, it's the embodiment of sass mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and there's not like mm-hmm. full voice acting like breath of the wild nah yeah which i think is fine yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's just a lot more words than I remembered. I was like, oh, look at all these people oh. talking. Mm-hmm. Like, they make noises in, like, Ocarina of Time and stuff, but there's mm-hmm. way more than there were mm-hmm. in Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask. Yeah. Yeah. And you have Link's classic screaming every time he swings mm-hmm. his sword. So, yeah, other than Beetle, uh, we have our, <laughs> kind of have our classic trio. They're uh, sort of interesting variations on them in this game. I think some of my favorite versions of them. We got Link, but he's explicitly not of the, like, hero's bloodline. Mm-hmm. He's not descended from the hero. Tetra and Link don't know each other mm-hmm. before the beginning of the game. Yeah, so he kind of makes has to prove himself a hero and everything. Mm-hmm. Although I think there's some like retroactive stuff that suggests he might be a descendant of the Minish Cap Link. But mm. I haven't played mm. enough Minish Cap to confirm that at this moment. But uh... Well, we'll play that next, so we'll find out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's uh, Zelda, who has no idea she's Zelda and is a little pirate girl. Mm-hmm. 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 He's great. I love Tetra a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Tetra also. <laughs> she doesn't seem to know it all, but then like at some point she kind of like implies that she knows more 
than like i don't know how to describe it i feel like she knows that there's something different about her but like doesn't know that she's zelda if that makes sense i think she knows like more about this like the legend than most people do Mm -hmm. but i don't think she like really made the connection of why she knows more about it Mm -hmm. that could be yeah because like she like reacts to the master sword and then like she has Mm -hmm. like some like things in her room that are like the hero of time little like tapestry kind of thing and the fact that she you know had had the uh piece of the triforce that's obviously been passed down through her family Mm -hmm. and was told to protect it with her life but not really told why Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah i like the kind of like all the little like backstory to tetra with just like like the reason she's the leader of the pirate crew even though she's very young is that like her mother used to be the leader of the pirate crew and so Mm -hmm. the crew is Mm -hmm. still loyal to her and you can see a photo in the or not a photo a painting i guess in the uh old hyrule castle that shows zelda with her like guards and you can tell they're all the like ancestors of the pirates mm. <laughs> one of my favorite details that only i only appreciated this time because i played ocarina of time is the like stained glass in hyrule mm-hmm. castle in the bottom i was like oh my god it's all the sages look at them mm-hmm. wow it's impa it's been so long since we've seen them <laughs> yeah and that made me happy and mm-hmm. i also play zelda's lullaby in that room mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, the whole part is really cool. It's like, yeah. it struck me when I first played it and hadn't played Ocarina of Time and so had, you know, very I mean, little context cool. for it, but it's still like, like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. it's still like, whoa. But like it's going like, into this, like, yeah. But yeah, once you've played it, you're like, there's so much. It's even more like, whoa. There's so many references <laughs> in that. <laughs> and Hyrule, like, looks different. It looks different than mm-hmm. in Ocarina of Time. But it's still similar so to the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's still similar to, like, the basic landscape. Of it, where like yeah. you come down those hills and everything. But... There's hills, there's water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's different enough that it's like obviously a lot of time has passed. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. before the uh, even before the flood. So. Mm-hmm. So much so that the hero of time wasn't there because mm-hmm. he was in Majora's Mask Land. Yes. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or like whatever, waking up the wind he's fish in... or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's in, he's in the other timeline. Oh yeah, that's right. He's in the other <laughs> timeline. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what is timeline wise is that like this is the adult timeline mm-hmm. of Ocarina of Time where mm-hmm. Link got sent back to the past to finish living out his childhood and so oh, there's no Link anymore in that adult there's timeline. There's no Link to It's not that Link, yeah. Yeah. Ganon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. Uh, speaking of Ganon, he's rather more uh, philosophical and pensive mm-hmm. in this game than he usually is. Yeah. He's like a lot more thoughtful about like like his past and like his desires mm-hmm. and like why he was envious of Hyrule and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets more characterization and makes him a mm-hmm. more sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. 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 Because in Ocarina of Time, like... he's just like he's bad. Yeah. He was always bad, and now he's even badder. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the whole thing where he like grew up in the desert with the Gerudo people, who it's like a harsh land and. Like, yeah. And then, like, you could see, look over at Hyrule, which was so prosperous, and envied them. Yes. And I think it's, like, kind of implied that it's, like, the same Ganon from mm-hmm. o- Ocarina of Time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's actually is... the, physically the same as opposed to Zelda and. Yeah, yeah this is like... the, Ganon, the Ganondorf who got defeated by Link at the mm-hmm. end of Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. And he's actually, there's a note in, like, I can't remember if it's Zelda Encyclopedia or Hyrule Historia, one of the, like, official 
books about his concept art that he's older. He's meant to be more like middle aged looking as opposed to being younger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like his design in this game. It too. is. Like, yeah, really it was definitely character. offsetting at first, but mm -hmm. uh, it's grown on me. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's just like, I like his outfit. He's just like big and intimidating. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like his like, I think this is the first time he's shown with swords. Usually he transforms into. I think a, so. Uses animal, magic and then transforms bull. into the boar form or yeah. pig at the end or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, at, at Ocarina of Time, when he transformed, he then grabbed two swords. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, not not in his. Uh, yeah, I mean, like as like a sort yeah, of, yeah, yeah. like as a sword fighter yep. rather no, than just right. sort of a like force to be mm -hmm. faced. Like, which kind of like even that and the fact that he doesn't transform at all kind of reflects the more like sort of quiet and thoughtful version mm -hmm. of Ganon. Like he's obviously like spent a while reflecting and <laughs> gathering his strength again, mm -hmm. gathering his strength in his own like own powers rather than just relying on like sheer force of like evil magic kind of yeah. stuff mm -hmm. his power is like more refined as opposed to just being like brute strength or whatever yes i don't know mm -hmm. whatever however he got to be the bearer of the triforce of power before mm -hmm. <laughs> sort of a more considered power yeah. this time and a more considered wish perhaps but we'll never mm -hmm. know what it was exactly <laughs> <laughs> He said what he wanted, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Another thing that makes this link different is he's got like family. Yeah. Besides know, like right? a besides like a, an uncle who's a on tree. screen for half a minute and then is killed. Um, mm -hmm. He's got a little <laughs> sister and a grandma. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Mm -hmm. In like a little town, that's mm -hmm. his friends, as opposed to like the Kokiri who are like, "Ew, you're gross, Link." <laughs> like, yeah. In yeah. Time. <laughs> They're all like, "We." Yeah, help he's not you. an outsider. In yeah. No. <laughs> society here he's part of that island and like they all go out to like say goodbye to him when he goes off to save her mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it was actually sad yeah <laughs> the first scene where they're saying goodbye yeah. to him mm -hmm. yeah and they all want to help him and they're all like like orca is like oh he looks so serious like i need to give you stuff and they all like mm -hmm. yeah it's not like in ocarina of time they're like oh mink we'll sell you this if you have enough money like they're really kind of like sassy <laughs> yeah know? yeah i don't know except for saria obviously yes. but yeah but yeah, like all the you others. Leave, you can like, never neat. return. Yeah. Well, they got all turned into trees, apparently. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think like the Koroks are much nicer than the Kokiri. Mm -hmm. They're all so charming and fun. They're mm -hmm. all like, we're doing our dance. You want to come? Oh, just kidding. You've got to mm -hmm. save our <laughs> Macar first. Save our dumbass uh, cellist. <laughs> and Great Eco Dream Macar's gone again. <laughs> 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 we were talking before the. I guess we could talk about Makar and Medley and like the Rio. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess this yeah. is the first. Like the the great Deku tree was in Ocarina of Time, but like the Kokiri as like little trees, mm -hmm. or Koroks mm -hmm. as little trees rather. Yeah, is like this is their first appearance. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's the first appearance of the Rio and the Koroks, who mm -hmm. will become very important for Breath of the Wild fans in the future. Yes, yeah, important rock targets. I mean, what? <laughs> yes, <laughs> for the Koroks. Yeah. I really like how, um, like the uh, like this great Deku tree is implied to be the grown up sprout that you right. see after the mm -hmm. original great Deku tree dies in Ocarina yeah. of Time, and the mm -hmm. um, the evil forest, whatever it's called, the Forbidden Woods or whatever. Yeah, um, yes. that's implied to be like the old forest that they lived in. Like you can find the old Kokiri huts with their mm -hmm. little symbol on them oh. in the woods, and the Koroks oh. are like, "Yeah, we used to live there a long, long time ago." <laughs> Oh, that's kind of cool. That. That's mm -hmm. cool. This game is cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's there's them, there's all the little trees. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, yes. Yep. And then there's uh, the Rito. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which are cool bird people. Yeah. Bird people. Mm-hmm. I've always thought the Rito were cool. Yeah. Um, they're apparently descended from the Zora, though it's a little confusing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> when, when we were playing this game, because uh, I don't know if it's common knowledge, but me and Kayla and Cosm have like a chat that we, so we keep track of what we're doing. And when I got to the part where it was like, Medley, you're my descendant, or whatever. And it was like a Zora. I was like, how is this physically possible? <laughs> the bird, bird turned, fish turned into bird. I'm confused. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's viral magic, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I have often heard the theory that the, um, like, obviously, that says that, like, the goddesses told, like, the chosen people, not biblical at all, to go to the, mm-hmm. um, yes. like, highest <laughs> points the before they flooded, before they flooded the, the kingdom. Yeah. yeah. Not biblical at all. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it's implied that they had some effect on the like the evolution of like the uh, the Koroks and the Rito. And so like mm-hmm. the theory I've heard is that they transformed the Zora because they didn't want anyone diving down to see what happened to old Hyrule below the waves. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they wanted the ocean to be fishless except for the fishmen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but not Zora the man fish. <laughs> I love the I love the horrifying fishmen. Shmeh. <laughs> yeah. I should really do like them. I completed my whole chart because I like. Yeah. them and hearing Talking them talk. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I fed all the fishies. I fed all the fishmen. I didn't complete the chart where the some of the it seemed like there were no islands but only towers like those you know things out of the sea. But I got most of them mm-hmm. in my chart. Yeah, there's an island yeah. in every square. Some of them are just teeny tiny. Yeah, could have been. I just and some of them it. are more like a couple of rock spires sticking, yeah. rather than like yeah. an actual island. There's, I remembered there being islands. I just really struggled to find some of them, and I was like, "Fuck it, I don't <laughs> care. These are not important. I haven't mm-hmm. finished this game. I've seen a lot of fishmen. <laughs> like I'm good." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I dedicated like a whole day of my playing just to filling out my whole sea chart, just because mm-hmm. I was having fun traveling around and talking to fishmen. Because the music is great. Yes, it is. And you want to sail around the sea. There's a lot of people that hate sailing. I was reading on Wikipedia. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. you, you're wrong. But that's yeah. I like it way better than just like walking through Hyrule Field. Hyrule mm-hmm. Field? Like, Except yeah. for in Breath of the Wild where I like walking through everything. Yeah, because there's actually stuff yeah. to do there. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, even just on a practical level, like you can just hit the button for the sail and like let it go. Like you don't yeah. just sit there holding the control stick forward. Mm-hmm. And maybe like hitting a roll. Water. I was happy not to be mm-hmm. nauseated by any textures in this game, including <laughs> the water. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I should look at that. And then it's like, I can look at that. What a nice relief from Jabba yeah. Jabba's belly yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we had the Koroks and the Rito. And uh, yes. yeah, um, Makar, Makar, Makar. I'm never sure how to pronounce his name. Whatever. Um, Your choice. But yeah, he turns out to be the uh, descendant of the Sage of Wind mm-hmm. medley in the of the Rito who was the like attendant to Valu and was helping you with the dungeon there turns out to be the uh, sage of earth so mm-hmm. nothing confusing about that out. yeah right <laughs> yeah it is a little weird especially since like <laughs> like Valu is explicitly a sky spirit and mm-hmm. the great Deku tree is called an earth spirit but they're like I know <laughs> whatever whatever yeah <laughs> <laughs> plot holes I love them yeah. both I love I mean I really actually Medley is like one of my favorite characters in mm-hmm. yeah I like Medley a lot all Zelda yeah. Mm-hmm. The Rito also have a lot of, like culturally and visually like similarities to like the Gorons more than yeah mm-hmm. anything. Where like they live in a like volcano, volcano and yeah. have, like a dragon spirit associated mm-hmm. with them, and they have Din's pearl. Yes, they do. <laughs> they have different mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so they're different, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And they're both in uh, in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, and they're yeah, Gorons, Gorons in Wind Waker. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. But they're like traveling, traveling or whatever. Salesman yeah. people with like hats on to try and it's like, hey, a Goron. I was super <laughs> excited when I saw one. Yeah, you can like blow their hat off with the uh, oh, the deck of <laughs> I didn't try that. That's funny. I should have. <laughs> I was just like, this Goron wants to remain anonymous. I guess that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> just just trade with me so that I can get the our special magic armor. <laughs> And then I used it one time and I was like, that is expensive. I'll never use that again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like hundreds of rupees. It's like, is that okay? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I also didn't have that item the last time that I played, but I was really excited about it. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of figured it probably wouldn't work with the Ganon battle anyway, even though I did equip it just in case I wanted it. But you don't really need it. Yeah. Some of our favorite enemies are back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of uh, returning enemies that are redesigned for the... Uh, Wind Waker style. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some notable ones are the Redeads, which I think are more horrifying. In Wind oh Waker. yeah! Um, oh yeah! <laughs> they're kind of like gross in mm-hmm. a period of time. Yeah, but, like mm-hmm. really creepy in Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're actually yeah. scary zombies in Wind Waker. Yeah. yeah, the way they're like eyes are completely black until they spot you and then they start and glowing. They scream. Right? Yeah, they scream. Yeah, the scream is worse, and they also actually like bite you. Mm-hmm. The Redeads and um. Ocarina of Time, like they latch on to you, but they don't hurt you, do they? I don't remember. I mean, they're pretty they, easy to shake off. They do hurt, but like when I was young, I didn't really... know what they were doing. I was like, are, are they just like humping Link? What's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> it was very unclear. This time I know they're Link. biting you. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it's also the this good in Ocarina of Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think also part of the creepiness is that there's no like easy like There's secret no... way to defeat them like there is like mm. you can't just like play the song of the sun or yeah or um p- put on the mask to make them dance or whatever <laughs> <laughs> i think you can shine light on them if it's there but it's yeah. not there yeah yeah but you have to have light to reflect so mm-hmm. and that just stuns right. them like <laughs> yeah but yeah you basically have to wait for them to scream and then you can attack them yeah mm-hmm. which is a huge pain because you kind of like can't as soon as you get close enough to hit them, then they scream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then once they die, yeah, I made a can, mistake like, one time where I was, I was like, I bet I can jump attack them, and nope, I was not close enough to jump attack them, and, it, and then I was too close to mm-hmm. get away before they got me. And I was like, oh you. my hubris! Yeah. <laughs> Ow, right in the hubris. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, but in Ocarina of Time, as soon as you see them, you can start stabbing them, and yeah. they die before they mm-hmm. attack you. But in this one, they have to scream first. Which mm-hmm. is really yeah. deeply upsetting and stressful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the floor masters who look really cool but are really annoying. Mm-hmm. I enjoy them. Where they're like this like puddle of void. Yeah. This like neon hand comes out and grabs you. Mm-hmm. They have a cool sound effect too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they don't drop from the ceiling. No, they, like they do. In yeah. Ocarina of Time, which is kind mm-hmm. of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think the floor masters were like a slightly different shade of fleshy color and then they like just kind of <laughs> hang out as opposed to the wall masters that fall from the ceiling and previous oh yeah games. you're right mm-hmm. these like yeah but these are like really visually different yeah mm-hmm. they have like a long spindly um, arm instead of being a disembodied hand mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, we got the whiz robes that look like toucans for oh, some yeah, reason this time. Yeah. but i actually really i actually really like that design mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's neat at least they don't have an uncanny smile like the whiz robes in breath of the wild <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah yeah i like mm-hmm. this design uh, we got the choo-choos that now take on their kind of classic form for the rest of the series which yeah is like the brightly colored blob with the googly eyes, the eyes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. not all electrified like in the handheld zeldas yeah mm-hmm. 
And we got the the pea hats return, which are like the spinning flowery dudes. But there's also a really mm, terrifying yeah. giant sea version called Sea Hats. <laughs> oh yeah, those guys. Yeah, they'll fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. I don't like them, and they have scary. They are faces. so big. Like mm-hmm. they are. They come like zooming at you with that propeller noise when you're sailing around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't like them. But the little mm-hmm. ones are cute. They're kind of funny if you like hit them yeah. with the boomerang, mm-hmm. or you mm-hmm. hit them with the leaf the deku leaf and they just like yeah, to the ground little, yeah their little <laughs> propeller like crumples up no. and they hop around yeah. a little bit on the floor <laughs> yeah. yeah as far as new enemies the probably the most notable one is the bacoblins who become right. kind of a kind of your standard mooks going forward mm, well, the mm-hmm. moblins are more of a like higher level enemy yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah they show up in pretty mini- much every major game going forward now mm-hmm. mini blins not they don't yeah. show up in i don't game, like them either i fucking <laughs> hate them Oh yeah, they terrified me the first time I played the game as a kid because the first time I discovered them was going up the path above outset at night. Oh yeah, and I just heard the little sounds and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" (laughs) And then like they started attacking me and I couldn't really see them well because it's really dark. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're like cute until they start stabbing you, and then it's really annoying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh, these little enemies! Oh, they're so cute!" And then I was like, "Ah!" (laughs) Yeah, they're upsetting. I don't like them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, as far as the bosses go, we got the Helmerock King, who's the giant monster bird who has a really mm-hmm. cool design. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does. <laughs> There's a lot of things with the eyes that you can shoot, like Goma. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Sure. Uh, we got a version of Goma here who's a little different than usual. It's yeah. More of a centipede type thing instead of a spider. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's like little versions of Goma in the temple. There's a lot of like little versions of bosses in this game, yeah. which is kind of neat, where it's like implying that there's some like giant ancient version of them yeah. <laughs> like dinosaurs yeah like even the Helmrock king you have the little cargo rock bird yeah. enemies. they have the worst That's... sound effect <laughs> that, like moaning sound effect mm, yeah, yeah 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 i like it's their like, little alert oh, sound effect though oh. when they're like about to attack you they're like, they're like that one sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly yeah but you can hear them from a mile away going <laughs> yeah <laughs> So it's good to know they're there, otherwise they knock you off of shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got Godan, which is the head and hands enemy that I was referring to when we did mm, the yeah. Oracle's mm-hmm. episode that uh, that one enemy reminded me of. Mm-hmm. And he's like the final test of your hero-ness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He has a mm-hmm. good um, background music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a good dungeon level. It has the like shiny mm-hmm. Tron lines like we were talking about <laughs> that are yeah. in Breath of the Wild. It has mm-hmm. some like shiny effect in there. And he also drops arrows out of his nose, which is really important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> During mm-hmm. the battle. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, and it also makes sense since he's, like, he's testing you, so he doesn't want to make it, like, yeah. unfair. It's like, here, you can have all the stuff you need to defeat me. You just need to use it right. Yeah. Well, and a lot of the times the arrows will just, like, bounce right off if you don't shoot at exactly the right angle. Mm-hmm. So, like, you do mm-hmm. lose them really quickly, which is a little bit annoying. Yeah. And you would definitely be dead if you couldn't. Mm-hmm. And there's no, like, um... There's no pots to pots. break or enemies that spawn or anything. So, uh, Mulgara, mostly noticeable for having a kick-ass theme song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the sandworm thing. The physics of that room are kind of cool in the boss fight. How mm-hmm. the it's pretty cool. kind of sinks down where he shows up and stuff. Yeah, and you can he, see where she, he's going to get mm-hmm. it. I don't know. <laughs> they. Yeah, it's like it's got little babies, so I don't know if it's... <laughs> it does. It's like if they're actual babies or it's just It's like asexual, so. like a worm. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's obviously like a <laughs> relative of like the Moldorm enemies in other games, mm-hmm. but less annoying. <laughs> Except there's a puppet Ganon kind of Moldorm-ish form. And yeah. Like, yeah, I can't believe we're fucking fighting. It's very Ganon. annoying. <laughs> so yeah. That one was the hardest yeah. one. But yeah, the, yeah, it's really yeah. difficult. <laughs> yeah, I honestly put it there just to mention the theme song. That's a great theme song. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a banger. 
But yeah, I also like the sand. And you fight them in Breath of the Wild, too, because they have those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. gotta go out in the desert. Duga or whatever they're called. Mm -hmm. yeah. Same. Mole something. Breath of the Wild is... Bury in the ground. <laughs> Breath of the Wild has a lot of influence from this game, which we'll talk mm -hmm. about when we talk yeah. about Breath of the Wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, got a very cool version of Phantom Ganon. He's got one of my favorite designs. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yes. He um, also has Tron lines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, also, fun trivia, his sword says Zubora, Gabora, and Hylian, which are the two smiths in Majora's Mask who forged right. their sword into the fancy sword. <laughs> nice. I didn't know that. That's cool. I we can't got read Puppet Hylian. Ganon, who is... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, read, I didn't read Hylian. I read Zeldapedia. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think after... I mean, there's like actual dialogue in Hylian in this game, so yeah. I don't... Should, yeah. The King of Red Lions is talking to something. You're like, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> Why are you talking about me? I'm right here. Uh, we got Puppet Ganon, who's very creepy when he first transforms. Um, mm. And I really like his first two forms. They're fun to fight, but the snake can fuck off. That's uh, fucking annoying. That was where I died the yeah. first time that I played this game. And then I was like, I'll do that later. And then never did. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't die, but I was in there for a long time. I eventually, the best method I found was either... Hitting in the face with either a bomb or a spin attack, and then hoping you were in the right position to hit the tail before he unstunned again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm, yeah. He's really annoying in that form. But I like the other just, two forms, like cutting the strings of the first one is really cool. Yeah, and then, and then um, like the using the reflective water reflection. to find out where you need mm -hmm. to where you need to be to hit the to hit the tail. <laughs> yes, yep. and then of course Ganon himself, which we talked about that final bite already. Some, yeah, it's very cool. Pretty cool with working with Tetra, which was great. Yep. She's like a cool character, but you don't actually. It's like you talk to her for two minutes and then you leave her in the in Hyrule for like half the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, she's more involved than I remembered her being. Like I remembered like just kind of like you see her at the beginning and then uh, like they help you into the fortress, help yeah. quote unquote you into the fortress, yeah. and then um... they fling you into the fortress. <laughs> yeah, and then you see her when you get the bombs, which mm -hmm. is a cool moment because it's just that she's like. Like feels kind of bad about like what happened to you and wants to protect your island, yeah. thinking you're dead, um, and then sees you and is like, "Aha!" and lets you mm -hmm. steal the bombs and mm -hmm. go about go about your journey, and then yes. comes to help you at the Forsaken Fortress again. Yeah, she's like the definition of Cinderella or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> she's like I hate you, but also <laughs> leave me alone, but also I yeah. care about you. But she's got a cute little character arc, and like yeah. it's believable yeah. that she and Link come to you know care about each other and want to protect each besties. other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They went through a, you know, traumatic battle that nobody else was there for. So now they only understand mm -hmm. each other, obviously. Yes. <laughs> I ship it. But I also ship, like, Medley Link, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Kamali can fuck off. <laughs> jerk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Although after you help him, he's, like, more, more okay. Yeah. He was just down on himself. <laughs> he had a traumatic <laughs> he's experience. Fine. And... He's fine. <laughs> then he got better and helped you. Yeah. I felt bad, yeah, though, after you, good. like, take... You take Medley to the little temple, and then like <laughs> yeah. you come back, and he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, I found this flower to give Medley. Do you know where she is? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. Although you do see her and Makar on the pirate ship at the end, which implies that they're not. Yeah, like, they're fine. Trapped there for get... the rest of their lives, <laughs> yeah. like the other sages. The thing, so. Right? They didn't get trapped in sacred realm. They they say like, I'm mm -hmm. gonna stay here and pray. They don't mm -hmm. say like goodbye. I'm leave going to the sacred realm. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, the other sages in Ocarina of Time. <laughs> yeah they seem fine after everything's done and yeah. They're, yeah they're there in the credits they're not ghosts in the credits mm -hmm. or whatever yeah little colorful spirit orbs floating above mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, also I love how expressive Link is in this game uh, yeah like, 
Just he has like I think he's and... yeah I think he might be the most expressive like still like, mm-hmm. I remember um, Skyward Sword being fairly expressive but I think Wind Waker Link still has him topped yeah <laughs> yeah he's more expressive I feel like in the in Ocarina of Time and like Breath of the Wild like he's very like reserved yeah like mm-hmm. and he has like expressions like determined expressions but it's not really the same mm-hmm. Wind Waker Link yeah. has like he's like fully interactive with all his emotions mm-hmm. yeah. yeah there's like multiple like scenes of his just his face like you know like the the cutscene where they're going to fling him into the forsaken fortress yeah, yeah. it's such a great it's so mm-hmm. good that like and his reactions it's like it's like expression of horror which good transitions <laughs> to this like determined expression and then this kind of cringe as he's getting ready for it to happen yeah right. <laughs> And all his, like, I love his little sidling face. Mm-hmm. I sent a video really mm-hmm. early on when we were playing. I was like, look at him on the wall. He's, like, looking around. His eyebrows are changed. The one's going mm-hmm. up and down. Like, yeah. He's got really great faces. Mm-hmm. And his little dance when he beats a boss. Mm-hmm. He's like, yay. He's, like, jumping up and down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember one of the first things I remember about this game before it came out, like, reading an article on Nintendo Power or whatever, was it was talking about how, like, Link would, like, look at things of interest in his environment, mm. which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. And he just looks around in general and like moves mm-hmm. around more when you're not moving and mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, shuffles his eyes and shuffles his feet. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, he's really just a, like a normal kid. Like he doesn't have some great destiny <laughs> or heroic lineage. He's yeah. Just a kid who wants to save his sister. It's <laughs> who grew up as a pretty normal kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to like, uh, yeah, like it makes sense that like Ocarina of Time Link and Breath of the Wild Link would be more like stoic and reserved with their the way they were raised. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Link in Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. Link is like a knight that's always been around and always been, you know, training mm-hmm. for that yeah. moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like we talked about Ocarina of Time, Link is like, he was like um, ostracized. And then mm-hmm. in Majora's mm-hmm. Mask, he's, like, even more ostracized because he, nobody knows what happened to yeah. him. Yeah. He's, like, seen some shit, but he's actually, like, 10. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Wind Waker Link is, like, an actual child. Mm-hmm. Actual child who stabbed Ganon in the face. <laughs> <laughs> he grew into the hero by doing the tasks yep. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, that's what I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, anyway, should we talk about how you play this game yeah. or whatever? <laughs> Alright. Seamless transition. Okay. okay. <laughs> so we're back in 3D. Yay. Yeah. It's um it's a great game. Um yes. so <laughs> you got all your core <laughs> stuff as usual, right? You're with a sword. Um some of the newer things are pairing. Uh, which, what? <laughs> the GameCube added the two extra buttons instead of just A and B, right? Wait, am I crazy? <laughs> no, you had extra items in. Uh, yeah, yeah, the C buttons and yeah. the C buttons and yeah, sixty four. Yeah, they added. Yeah, but then like this one has a C stick, and then X and Y buttons, mm. and the Z button on the back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then the Wii U gives you some like hard coded items to free up some buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty great. Like, Yep. Like you've got the all your like items. Wind Waker and sailing stuff on your yeah. D pad. That 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 yeah, the, the quality of life in HD, it some of those things are just so nice. Improved mm-hmm. um, substantially, yes. Yeah, I think the biggest uh change that they made with the just the core play with the sword is you can parry now. 
Um, yeah. And it's it's really satisfying. Um, Especially the way the music works with the sword. Yeah. Thing. Don't spoil my it makes section. It makes every hit feel really good. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I know, well, I know that you can um, parry with a shield in like Breath of the Wild. But are there other like similar games where you can parry? Um, I feel like you can do it in Twilight Princess, but I don't recall. Do you remember? If you can do it in Wind Waker, you can probably do it in Twilight Princess, but I don't remember. Yeah. I think you can, I think some of those like special moves you learn from. Okay. Yeah. The, yeah. Like yeah. spirit, the spirit of whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're, I think I one or two of those about. are parries. Yeah. Try not to spoil Twilight Princess and our Wind Waker. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think um, you do learn special moves, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Notable mm-hmm. parrying in this game. Yeah. Um, as for movement, You've got the sidle that we talked about a little bit, um, <laughs> and swinging. Yeah, swinging. That's rope. right. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I like forgot about how that's like a. I was because it's so normal after you do the whole game, and it's like, oh yeah, that was like completely new. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting because like they, for me, I saw that as a replacement to the hook shot. So I was kind of actually disappointed. Too. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed when you end up with a hook shot too. Just like, oh, hmm. I mean, I don't know. I just I feel like I think they function pretty differently. They do. I mean, but... they could they could have cut out the hook shot entirely yeah. with the little alterations, but I think they do a pretty good job of making them different enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But you're not wrong. Their grappling hook is really fun, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, well, like you climb the rope at the end in like Ganon's tower and stuff. Like, there's also just ropes that you climb like on top of the mm-hmm. one that you throw yourself with the grappling hook mm-hmm. yeah the grappling hook yeah. is used most prominently but yeah there there's yeah, and, and like the swing around on the pirate the, ship. Uh, yes yeah. yeah yeah and in the forsaken fortress too before you get the grappling hook mm-hmm. but yeah like the motion of climbing and swinging mm-hmm. and sidling are all new yeah and the parry mm-hmm. i think the z targeting is enhanced too i think they did some stuff mm-hmm. uh yeah i believe that like you don't have to be staring directly at the thing anymore to see yeah. target, which is mm-hmm. nice. And I don't know if it was just on the HD version because I used to definitely hold down the target button when playing on the GameCube, but in the Wii U version at least, you can like press the targeting on and off, so, so like that, you can target and let go. That cool. was an option in Ocarina of Time. I think if you just went into the options, yeah, like settings, that's how it used to be. Hmm. Yeah, like in the original Ocarina of Time and Wind Waker, or Majora's Mask, mm-hmm. and I don't remember the original because I just kind of do that automatically. That's just my instinct is to hold it down, so I don't yeah. remember if I Same. had to or not when I played the original. Mm-hmm. I just know that you don't have to hold it down, which was great because I was doing the thing with Orca, mm-hmm. and I was like, my hand is so tired. Yeah. That's a good. Um, yeah, we talked. We talked a little bit last episode about like accessibility in mm-hmm. games not very much but we talked about a little bit but that's a comp a big accessibility feature that's becoming more common thankfully is being able to toggle things instead of having to hold them yeah yeah because your grip it's very tiring yeah it's very difficult if you have any kind of like uh, neurological thing with your hands mm-hmm. or arthritis or anything yeah. like that <laughs> and then yes because of all the water you've got um the sail and you do a lot of sailing um you have items that change their function when you are on the boat, like the bombs mm-hmm. and the grappling hook. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I always thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's, cool. it's a very neat. Like your bombs becoming a cannon and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah, using the mm-hmm. cannon is fun. Uh, let's see. For music, we use the Wind Waker to have various effects. There's only six yeah, songs, which, which, yeah, I forgot, and it feels kind of slim. But I think there aren't very many songs in future games either. Anyway. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think I'm just used to Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time, which have a good number of songs. A lot. You know? Yeah. yeah. Majora's Even Majora's Mask, Mask pared it down from, from Ocarina by mm-hmm. giving you just one warp song instead of one for each temple. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the core songs are the... I don't remember the names, but one to change the, the wind, one to change... The Ballad of Gales. Gales. Yeah. Yeah, I also don't remember the names. I should probably have known that. But Ballad of Gales is the one to change the direction of the wind. Mm -hmm. There's one to pass the day from night to day or day to night. One, your warp song, where you have to be on your boat and you get picked up by a hurricane. Safe. Perfectly safe. And... um, (laughs) It's it's controlled by a magical toad god. It's fine. Yeah. Um, you shot in the face fine. with the arrow until he <laughs> until he respects you. He was like, "All right, cool. You're a cool, kid." <laughs> and then we've got the song of command, which lets you control uh, people and <laughs> statues, yeah, a variety of things. Cosm. Mm. Yes. The wind song is the wind's requiem. Bow to gales is the one that move is your fast. Uh that's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Thank you. I Googled it. Yeah, I thought Ballad of Gales was the tornado one, but I couldn't remember the other one. Oh, so. right. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got the, the two sage songs to awaken the sages and help the, you get through the dungeon um, so that the you pray together. The lyric and the yeah. aria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which are the two halves of the main theme of the game, which is cool. Yes, I think I you're all spoiling my oh. sections. <laughs> all my things I was going to say. <laughs> and like the actual songs you play on the on the Wind Waker are like kind of like an abstracted version of that song. Mm. Just like the warps from um, Ocarina of Time. You know, mm-hmm. like the warp for like Bolero Fire is like do 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 or whatever. And then the song goes do 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 and then you know the whole rest of the song, whatever. Yeah. 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 Mm. So they're I don't know how to describe it, but they're they're abstracted versions of the song of the songs, mm-hmm. which is cool. And I think those like the six when you're conducting in Six, six notes i think the key is different i didn't check but i'm pretty sure mm. that the key is yeah, a different the, key the notes definitely sound different if you play yes. the same one and the, different... the three and four sound the same to me um like the command melody and then the other the ones that use three mm-hmm. command melody command melody and ballad yeah, gales is four yeah. yeah but you know i've occasionally put it in the wrong direction for like i yeah. got the ah. six instead of the four when i was trying to warp and i was like that don't sound right yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly Oh, the time one's called Song of Passing, as opposed to Song That's of Time. It. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I can't call it Song of Time. <laughs> yeah. That has a mm-hmm. connotation from yeah. Ocarina. I like how it's like, since it's a conductor's baton, it's more like you're sort of like commanding the winds or it's world to cool. do all these things mm-hmm. rather than like playing an actual song. Yeah. 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 You definitely feel, I think it definitely contributes to the feeling of being like you're called like the hero of the winds you have the power of the winds and stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like using a baton instead of like an instrument gives you more of this like feeling that you're like making stuff happen it's kind of cool yeah yeah love like little animations when he conducts to <laughs> he like closes yeah. his oh, eyes yeah. and then mm-hmm. he moves his little hand so he ch- mm-hmm. if, when you can change the time when you change the tempo or the key signature so when you change it to three or four or six he like moves his hand to different positions mm-hmm. which is cute and he like yeah. loses his hands when he's playing the song. Yeah. yeah. It's charming. I like how excited yeah. Macar gets when you pull out the wheel. Mm-hmm. He's like, Are you Don't a maestro? Are you gonna conduct me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Medley also is really less excited, but she's mm-hmm. like, Oh Link, are you gonna conduct me or whatever? And then like mm-hmm. Yeah. There I feel like there's a significantly less active items that you use. Um because mm-hmm. you've got the arrows. 
Um, mm-hmm. And the boomerang, they've returned bombs. Heavy boots. You got the iron boots back. Yeah. So it. I mean, really, oh, the power the only... bands are are passive. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Fucking yeah. yeah. put on power bands every game. Mm-hmm. Iron boots are interesting because they don't make you sink in the water. They are used to like just hold still on the wind and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. There isn't really any part of this game that's underwater because there's no Zoras, so mm-hmm. except for like the Hyrule Castle, but it's like in a bubble underwater, so yeah, it doesn't yeah. Really count. Yeah. It's you don't like if you swim, you drown. You don't want to. Yeah, that you don't yeah. want to <laughs> dive in. Yeah, actually, this is. I think that's important. Link has like a a drowning meter in this game. Mm, yes. Yeah. I think you can mm-hmm. kind of swim indefinitely in Ocarina of Time Majora's yep. Mask, right? If you had yep. yeah, on the surface, you can on the surface. Yeah, yeah so in this game, or a tunic, yeah, then mm-hmm. you can swim underwater. But yeah, in this game, you can't swim indefinitely, which is kind of frustrating when you're trying to get in the fucking boat. <laughs> yes, if, yeah. if you're me, <laughs> like I'm gonna drown. Let me in the, the worst boat. thing is if you're sailing at high speed and you hit one of those bomb barrels because mm-hmm. your boat keeps oh, yeah. your boat's momentum keeps going, yeah. so it goes like, no, we'll finish, and you're why? stuck in the water. <laughs> like come back, save me, boat. <laughs> <laughs> dangerous accidents in the seas <laughs> and that happened one time when i was traveling a really long way and i just set my direction and hit a to sail and then i like looked at my phone for a second and then i heard this explosion i'm like whoa what happened <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> there's a 360 camera in this game because it was on the game yeah Cube. like the yes the nintendo 64 had a 360 camera but it like locks at certain angles, angles right? and yeah um, but this, but the GameCube, I always loved the GameCube because it had free camera. That was like, mm-hmm, my favorite mm-hmm. aspect of it. Yeah. So this game has, one, you know, whatever. It's one of the earlier games with like a three, full like 360 camera, which is pretty cool. Actually, mm-hmm. I took a note of it because it's mm-hmm. going to come la- important later on. Ooh. But <laughs> pull it up. Um, the game can register over 50,000 angles. Wow. Yeah, because it can go yeah. up and down too. Yeah, up and down, <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of angles that you can get. Yeah, yeah. Um, so many angles. Yeah. <laughs> there was contextual controls again. Just like yes. it wasn't it wasn't like a advancement, but there were more contextual controls, like the sidle mm-hmm. when you walk up to a wall. Yeah. So there were even more even more yeah. context. And there's like climb or push the blocks and stuff. Like mm-hmm. yeah. You didn't talk about the single tuner yet, the most important. Well, yeah, I was going to talk about the, so the new <laughs> oh, okay. items. The new items are, we talked about the sail and the grappling hook. There's the telescope yeah. that you get. Right. Um, and then the leaf. Um, yeah. So those are the core, like, items that you use more regularly. But you've got the magic armor you get, which, depending, either drains your magic or drains your rubies, depending on which version of the game mm-hmm. you have. And then it, you just don't take damage. Uh, you got a bunch of bags for mail and for spoils, um, mm-hmm. which comes with the different types of baits. The, the well, the bait and the pair. A pair lets you control a bird. <laughs> you have to for one of the Triforce pieces in HD, mm-hmm. though. Actually, yeah. I think maybe in both. So I think so. Yes. Yeah. I love the freaky guitar music that plays when you like take control of something. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Link's doing this weird pose. <laughs> yeah, Link does this like. Um, yeah, like he's like hypnotizing you pose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good point. Uh, so I want the spoils bag in real life. It's really cool looking. Yeah, it is very cool. I sent you Etsy links. <laughs> they weren't very good, though. <laughs> 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 this is a call to the wind on our podcast. A scream to the void. <laughs> I want a spoils bag. Yes. <laughs> in um, in what was that game? Oh, in Oracle. In the Oracle's games, they had the like seed bag. 
But basically, mm, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the bags are a way of extending your inventory and like categorizing yes, yeah. your inventory so that you can have more mm-hmm. crap without changing inventory screens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's a bunch of like monster specific drops of like loot. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to go through the joy pendants and the knight's crests and the mm-hmm. chew jellies and the yeah. golden yeah. feathers. Yeah, and then you don't have to scroll through a bunch of screens like Breath of the Wild. You can click mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. it's like a different interface for adding more to the the item screen, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's. I guess I don't know. I would say like in the, oh, we didn't talk about it in uh, Oracles, mm-hmm. but that's like kind of an enhancement. This have like sub item. Mm-hmm. Screens, They've done that with like the um the music, right? You could pick pick the True. Uh, what was it in um Link's Awakening? What yeah, you could pick flute? the song. Yeah. Yeah, Mambo's um, Mambo. So yeah, Mambo's yeah. Mambo. It was a flute, wasn't it? I forget we should know, but I'm pretty sure it was Yeah, a I think it was an ocarina type thing. And yeah. I don't know if they called it an ocarina, but I think it, it was, was a flute, but it was shaped like the sprite was like an ocarina, I think. Yeah. 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 Um so yeah, I mean it, it but they definitely took advantage of it a lot more here. Yeah, there's um, like multiple sub bags within your pockets. Or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. yeah, I think the mail bag was underused. There should have been like a mail delivery. Yeah, list. yeah. I I really was expecting it to be a lot more of a thing. I guess they're not but, even mm-hmm. a side quest. There's there, a couple. Are there, like like when like Windfall Island side quest where you get a letter. There's one where you deliver letter. Letter. It holds the cabana deed, right? Yeah, yeah I think and it then does. it holds the. You can have three flowers from the uh, little Eskimo salesman guy. But that's the other. Oh, I guess that is a delivery bag. Yeah, yeah. the Windfall Island shop guy that you have to like mm-hmm. do stuff for him, and he gives you the sale. You buy the sale from him and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's so sketchy. He's like, "You want that item?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, you're the only possible person selling stuff on this island. So yes, I guess I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But by the power of deduction in video game logic, yes, I want that item. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I do think they were underused. I think you could use more. They probably like plan to do more, and then they were like, we can't have all these letter quests taking up space on this tiny disc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've mm-hmm. got to cut back. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Oh, I didn't talk about the Picto Box and the Deluxe, pic- oh, deluxe yeah. Picto Box. Mm-hmm. Um, just a nice, neat little way for you to take pictures. Um, yes, selfies. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then, yeah, the Tingle Tuner, which uh, makes this the first multiplayer Zelda game, sort of. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Not a great multiplayer experience, but <laughs> yeah. Have you yeah, ever used um... it? Because I never used it. Yeah, I did. I messed. I messed with it a bit as a kid. Yeah. It, I have a Game Boy Advance, but I don't have a connection. Really do much with it. Yeah. 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 You really couldn't do a whole lot, and it wasn't really that fun for the person who was there. Because, like, I think everything costs rubies, which, you know, you you come to a lot by the end of the game. But if you're playing with mm-hmm. friends and all that, you're probably trying this out early when you don't have the rubies to kill. Mm-hmm. So you have to be selective and all that. It was neat. Mm-hmm. Another one of Nintendo's neat idea, but not great execution <laughs> yeah. kind of things. Yeah. yeah. There were other games that were, like, even worse where it's like, and everyone has to connect a Game Boy Advance to the mm-hmm. <laughs> GameCube or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, it was like, you know, a peripheral with a screen, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. evolved to other consoles, like we talked yeah. about earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's the, well, there's hammers in the other game, but yeah, in other games, but this one has like a specific mm-hmm. skull design, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, the hammer looks very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the, the, the gravitas with you like swinging it really, like getting ready and then hitting, mm-hmm. it's very mm-hmm. satisfying. Um, oh, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good animation on, mm-hmm. on Link for the Hammer. <laughs> yeah. 
I remember complaining about this when we were talking about Ocarina of Time to switch to another topic, but the boomerang, you can only target like one thing at a time or something. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Wind Waker, you can target five things at a time, mm-hmm. which is pretty yes. great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was something uh, I forgot to mention is that, um, yeah, there's an uh, uh, animation, an icon. Uh, oh, there's a word for it. Not a cursor, is it? But when when you're yeah, like a reticle. Uh, 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 yes, reticle for when you're you're oh it's a target it's not really a reticle because reticle would be there all the time but yeah it's, I guess when you select some there's a selected like target thing on it yeah when you select stuff yeah but like for the well, it think... starts with the little dot and then like when you're on a valid target it changes to mm-hmm. the little well, the arrow still yellow. doesn't have one yeah. splash thing and it makes a little yeah. noise yeah the yeah. grappling hook has the little dot which I would classify as mm-hmm. a reticle yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but then it changes to that that uh, star Tiny shape. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you um, describe it. It has a little star. Yeah, thing. it's definitely a very mm-hmm. nice uh, improvement to sort of let you know, hey, you're close enough. Because um, like mm-hmm. I think before in Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, there was like a reticle for the... Um, or well, there, you'd see like a little laser coming out of your hookshot showing you where mm-hmm. you were. And if you were hit something, it would have a dot showing that you're close enough to hit that thing. But still, it was very subtle and um, not as and the boat didn't unsubtle. Have one. Yeah, the boat and did the, not have one. Yeah, the boomerang had one. You could target like one thing, I think. No, you could target. Or I think if you Z target. In, talking about in Ocarina of Time. Oh, oh, oh! Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, in Ocarina yeah, of Time, I think you could target. One um, it would only it only be targeted. Nothing. You could target right, right, yeah, right. Z target yeah, or nothing. Target. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. this one you have, is it five or six that you can do with the boomerang? It's around five. five it's either five or six. I'm pretty sure it's five. Yeah. yeah. Counting it's all the really tentacles. satisfying sequence of songs, too, and you like slide oh, it yeah. across a bunch of things you can target and they all light up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do do Yeah, it has like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the notes, like the notes go, go up. up as you do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's good sound effects in this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you hover over something that you can target, it will target. Whereas I think starting in Twilight Princess, you have to press a button to target that thing. A couple times where, yeah, what, what those um, those mini imp guys, what were they mm-hmm. called? Um, there's a bunch mini of them. Blins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, you can kind of have fun by targeting like side to side and just ha- watch that boomerang go around. Uh-huh. Um, but if you accidentally hit, you know, hovered over four of them real fast as they moved around, you know, you didn't have as much control over it. But mm-hmm. small. Small mm-hmm. grape, nothing too big. Yeah, and there were like one or two puzzles where you had to like hit things in a certain order, so you had mm-hmm. to like be very careful with hovering your target yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. yeah, I do remember in Twilight Princess, you can be like, okay, hit this one, then this one, then this yeah. one. Yeah, like, with a manual button press. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. It was kind of nice to be speedy though, to just like whip it across. That is true. Yeah, and then let it go. Like when you're fighting like the um the thing with all tentacles the tentacles, plant <laughs> and the uh, the big octos at sea. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're sailing around and you just like hit the eye, hit all target all the eyes. It's super easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so another interesting thing is you get the master sword, but then you have to upgrade it. Um, you mm-hmm. have to mm-hmm. have them re- restore the power to it. Which in most other games, your sword like strength comes from just replacing the sword or mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So it's, I don't, it's, the sword. yeah, yeah, or upgrading to a new sword basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas this time you actually have to power up the master sword to its full power which is a neat little aspect to it yeah, that's cool. yeah. and it actually visibly gl- glows when it's mm-hmm. it does it looks pretty rad next items are the triforce shards 
<laughs> yeah. Yay. I mean, Yay. there's eight of them. It's very similar to the kind of going back to Zelda games. One in a way. Yeah. 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 Because there were it's eight like dungeons in Zelda One, and you're collecting mm-hmm. all the pieces to form the single Triforce piece, basically. Yeah. It's retconned that there's three, but mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. <Yeah. laughs> Maybe it's not. Retconned, I think there were two in the original game, and then they introduced a third one, in, like Link to the Past or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it had the Triforce of Power, and he and Zelda broke apart the Triforce, Triforce of Wisdom or wisdom? something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, but there were only two in the first game. And then in the second one, it's like, oh yeah, also the other one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so you have to collect all the pieces, just like in some of the older Zelda games. I think even in like the other handheld ones that we played or like link to the past or whatever which wasn't handheld originally something like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah treasure charts you've got a good number of those um yes well charts in general but yeah treasure charts mm-hmm. drive charts all that so many maps yeah. <laughs> maps, mm-hmm. maps. Yeah. yeah i like it as like a you know like pirate treasure following a treasure map kind of thing mm-hmm. to go with the whole ocean yeah concept I like when you talk to the people on the sub and they're like you're obviously out here hunting treasure, right, my guy? <laughs> yeah, it's like really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was trying to save my sister, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, you use your grappling hook to dredge up treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. And it like changes form, like Cosm said, when it's on your Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another use of the grappling hook is to gather the spoils from enemies. Oh, yeah. You can, um, you which is very interesting. Yeah. You can um, yeah, use your, your grappling hook and you will steal an item from enemies, usually a spoil if they have one, or rubies or magic from other enemies that don't have a chance of dropping a spoil. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of a collection quests, or you can use the jellies from the chews to make potions, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then another kind of wild <laughs> mechanic is enemies drop their weapons that you can now pick up and use. Yeah, you can pick up weapons. Yeah. <laughs> Not well, but you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a neat, neat Most little... of them are like five times Link's height. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. You can use them to knock down like big, like wooden obstacles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can throw them. At... Or you can just yeah. use them because it's I like fun. picking up Phantom Ganon's sword because it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> well, the most important time you can use it is actually right at the beginning when you don't have your sword. You can pick up the sticks from the box and like mm-hmm. hit the... Or from the pots and then hit the spotlight operators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. You... Don't or hold see. up your shield and make them drop their stick and then pick up their stick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's about it for the items and the gameplay. Does that mean a speedrun time? It sure is. <laughs> Wait, I want to say something about the um, oh. the HD version. Okay. Um, we were talking a bit about like the Wii U and it's all its weirdness. Um, yes. This is one of the simplest, but I think best uses of the gamepad. Mm-hmm. Just having your C yeah, chart that's... open all the time. Yeah. And like being able to switch items on the fly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like when you use the Wind Waker, it brings up all your songs. So you yep. don't have to memorize the like all the notes and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're talking about the treasure charts. It's especially useful like when you're trying to line yourself up to. Yeah, for a treasure chart. Yeah. To, the treasure, to where the treasure is because you can like watch the where your little icon is on the screen next mm-hmm. to the X and without having to go back and forth between the, the map screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you're 100% right. Mm hmm. Like, I tried for a little while to play it, like, just on the gamepad while I was, like, watching something on TV, and then I was like, how do I even play this game without having my (laughs) C-chart open all the time? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, I know I did, but man. Yeah. The HD one definitely uh, is a lot easier. We talked about sailing, but, like, the HD version of the Swift Sail, which made sailing faster, Mm -hmm. and also with the Swift Sail... You don't have to change the direction of the wind, so it's like easier. Oh it's yeah, yeah, yeah! Better. Such a nice feature. So good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, these usage of the map screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and the um, Triforce quest, which was uh, notoriously disliked, yes. was uh, shared down yeah. a whole lot. Yeah. I think it's still long enough, though. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good length um, yeah. now at this point. It's like, I never minded it yeah. playing the original, but I could also see where people were coming from in disliking it. But like now I kind of like that part. Like, mm-hmm. Travel to some weird islands and solve some weird little puzzles. Yeah. Go on the ghost ship. and mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Go to Tingle's weird <laughs> slave island. <laughs> <laughs> so many questions and no answers yeah. about Tingle always. <laughs> yeah, and you got to pay him to read your charts. I like mm-hmm. that they brought Tingle back, though. It's like, okay, like this is all about sailing, and like you need maps to sail, and Tingle like knows maps, mm-hmm. so like it yeah, all totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I like that he's like consistently a map maker. Yeah, <laughs> all of his appearances. <laughs> and then he gives you a map that tells you where the fairies are because he's obsessed with fairies, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all everything's been leading up to this point. Is what I'm trying yeah. to say. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, Tingle's finest hour. Question I mark. definitely question mark. I was definitely like, "What the fuck is with this Tingle guy?" When I was a child, or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I was like the first time I played this game because I never played Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh, yeah. it's I remember Tingle. like, yeah, like when I found out he was had appeared in other games before, I was like, oh, it'll probably make more sense. When I play this. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't make any more sense. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't make any more sense. It's just that he was already well, established as being yeah. a map. <laughs> guy who's like obsessed with fairies yeah. <laughs> no it doesn't make any more sense you're right what am i saying <laughs> i'm just being conditioned yeah you're right they should remake is really good like the visuals and the sound and whatever but yeah the controls the changes the quality of life changes that they made i think were like the right ones and they didn't change anything that like made the game good like the graphic like they increased the resolution of the graphics and stuff but like they didn't change the graphics mm-hmm. like i think some people complained about the 3d remakes of ocarina of time and Majora's Mask because they felt like the like color choices and stuff were like not didn't adhere to like the original design which I didn't really have a problem mm-hmm. with but mm-hmm. yeah some some I saw some yeah. comments about that but mm-hmm. I didn't feel like that yeah, it's like, like I've some, seen some people make some jokes about the bloom in the HD <laughs> Wind Waker yeah. remake but nobody's really like going like oh it looks awful how did they I'm why did they do that yeah. by shininess yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no it's cool so now speedruns? Yeah, let's do okay. it. Let's All right. do it. Um, I saw your document so... list that has any the notes about it, and I'm so confused and excited yeah. to hear what you have to say. All <laughs> right. Um, so first, I'll just go ahead and talk about some of the records. So because okay. it's two different games with two different sets of like strategies and, and thing, things that work and don't work, um, I'm going to start with the original just to beat the game, any percent, Aloha Kirby at 52 minutes and 19 seconds. Hmm. And that was, oh, two weeks ago. Holy shit. Oh, a new record. Yeah. So early October 2022. The record before that was two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for the original, 100%, it's by Mini Mini 352. Three months ago also, so another recent Recently record <laughs> is six hours and 13 minutes and 26 seconds hmm. so i watched the any percent of the original and then i also watched a hundred percent of the hd remake and the oh wow the record there is four hours 49 minutes and two seconds oh so it's like so an hour faster an hour and a half faster yeah hmm. interesting and then any percent uh oh did i mention that was oh mr alberto has both of them mr alberto 23 <laughs> 
the any percent is 45 minutes and 16 seconds seven months ago and 10 months ago so uh, this game is i guess advancing pretty somebody found some new bugs <laughs> yeah recently well so that is actually one of the things that i find most fascinating like like one of the things that got me into speed running um like uh, my interest in it was this game so in the wind waker the original one of the biggest barriers to the to speed running was the barrier uh, outside of Hyrule Castle to get to Ganon's mm-hmm. castle because they have two barriers. One is a physical barrier and another one is a push barrier. So if you go too far, it pushes you back. Mm-hmm. And so you have to get through both of those. There isn't really any good way to build up speed on land. Uh, there's a uh, we'll get into that. In the water, you can go really fast. <laughs> On land, you cannot. And so actually, it wasn't until two years ago, almost 20 years after the game came out, that they finally found a way to glitch through that, that barrier. Ooh. Yeah. And, and the, the Google Doc that I have up there, that's the process to do it. Wow, that's a lot of steps. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 20 minutes. So if you mess it up, you got to try again, basically go back 20 minutes and try again. So most people will just reset and do a new run. Mm-hmm. It is crazy. It's partially luck-based. It is glitchy, so it might just crash the game. <laughs> so it's difficult. But yeah, for the longest time, the runners just could not figure out a way to break the game enough to get past that. Um, usually barriers are, you know, a thin wall that you just can't get through right. or, you know, just there's a lot of ways to get through a lot of walls but for some reason the programmers made that barrier a nightmare to get through for for speedrunners and i don't remember who or what or when uh i was watching uh it must have been a, a wind waker speedrun at some point and um someone was talking about it and how it just it just sounded really cool um and it it was one of the things that made me very invested in speedrunning so let's start talking about it. I like this step that's just die. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I want Cotton to talk about it. I like the one that's like birds birds aren't real and I don't <laughs> want to know. So uh, so part of that is also not not necessary. Some of that is just the effects of mm. the uh the setup. I'm actually gonna explain the the hundred percent speed run because honestly it's faster to talk about. <laughs> so I especially that there's no real fast way to move on land. But that's only in the original. In the HD version, if you go into first-person mode with any of the weapons that you can walk around in while mm-hmm. aiming, so the telescope and the camera, you zoom instead, so um, you can't walk around. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to get one of the other first-person like weapons. Bow. Like a bow. Or usually the grappling hook's the first one. Sorry, mm-hmm. I skipped a very important detail. <laughs> in both games, the developers put a cap on how fast you can be moving forwards. A lot of times just when when you're programming, you don't think about it. You don't need to put a backwards speed, how fast you can go backwards, uh, Mm -hmm. because you usually can't go backwards that that fast. Mm -hmm. The way you can build up speed is if every frame you're going backwards faster than you were before, um, you can start building up a lot of speed. Mm -hmm. So in the water, you do this by... Realistically, you're going to have to pause to help your timing to make sure because you can't do it 30 times per second. But if you go (laughs) up, down, up, down, up, down 30 (laughs) times per second, you keep going backwards 
And because I think you're turning around for some reason, the, the system gives you an increase of speed in the opposite direction. Hmm. And so if you do it every frame, it keeps increasing your speed. And because there's no limit, you end up going really, really fast. And then one of the nice things is in the water, if you hold Z target, the camera will automatically try and face forward. But Link moves past that camera. So it then like turns around. And so it does that glitch for you. And so you're constantly moving backwards faster and faster and faster. So once you build enough speed doing that, uh, it'll just, it's smooth sailing uh, <laughs> to just keep going. And so you can go from one side of the map to the other using this method. It takes a long time to get it started without that additional speed boost that, that I mentioned mm. from land. So um, you can do it in certain places where you're still in the water, but you refill your air because otherwise you're going to drown. Mm. So to leave Outset Island at the very beginning, you jump in the water and you hold up, pause, hold down, pause, hold up, pause, hold down, pause. And you do that for about three minutes. And you build enough speed that you then make yourself go just enough in the water that you're still swimming but you refill your air and you just go and you make your way to dragon roost because you need to go get the um, grappling hook. And from there you now can, I don't know. It was, it wasn't quite clear, but you hold up and then it, for one frame, you hold down at a very specific angle. And for some reason, the game does that for you where you start building a massive amount of speed and then if you use that speed to go into the water, you just keep going faster and faster and you can swim to any island you need. If you're facing a wall, you keep building that speed. Your your The acceleration is still there. Um, you're just not actually moving because you're hitting a wall. Hmm. And then if you, you strike your sword, it makes you keep that same speed but go forward. So you will teleport basically in one frame across uh, the screen depending on how fast you were. And so you can jump through large gaps that way. Hmm. So a lot of the 100% speed run is just kind of using that to get through gaps and go places you're not supposed to go. Things like that. That that was one of the biggest glitches um, that sort of was, you just see throughout the entire run. A lot of it's movement, um, just your path. I'm going to get this item first and this item because it's on the way. Nothing really too game-breaking. Until you get to Hyrule Castle. Actually, there's a couple others. My bad. There's the... Um, <laughs> well, okay. So uh, one of the things is you don't pick up a sword uh, or a shield, but it's 100%. So you need, a, you need to get them at some point. What, you get the Master Sword. That's your first sword. Then you fight Ganon. You, you confront Ganon in that cutscene where mm -hmm. Tetra comes and helps you and you get swooped away. The game plays a cutscene using in-game models, which Link has a sword, a, a sword and a shield. So you get there and all of a sudden Link's holding a shield and the game forgets to take it away because you didn't actually <laughs> get it because you're supposed to have it. That's funny. So then you do that um, and you go down to Hyrule and you can also use that, that method I talked about to gain backward speed with the grappling hook, whatever item you want. So I mentioned there's 50,000 angles that the game can register. There are 11 angles in which you can build up enough speed and go through that barrier. So it's very particular, but if you do it, you can go through that barrier, make your way to Ganon's castle. Um, you pick up the light arrows 
And the game's like, oh, you have all the arrows now. So it'll give you <laughs> yeah. fire and ice arrows. You go to a cutscene to fight Ganon, and now you have the upgraded Master Sword. So you don't have to do the dungeon huh. to get your to get the Master Swords. But again, at 100%, you need to do it anyway. So now you have an upgraded Master Sword, which does more damage. You go back to the Earth Temple and go with Medley, beat the dungeon. Medley prays to the sword, and the sword actually gets downgraded. <laughs> it's like, way to go, Medley. Yeah, really. And then if you... The game has a thing that says, uh, if for some reason it's downgraded, it'll double check, and it'll upgrade the sword. So if you save and quit, or if you die, the sword will go back to being upgraded, which is bad. Hmm. Because in order to beat the Wind Temple, if you have the fully upgraded sword, Makar is always going to be at the boss room praying. Oh, so you can't actually do... Which means you can't do it. So you have to have Medley downgrade it to be able to go and meet with Makar and do that entire dungeon. So um, what they typically do is they have to be careful not to save and quit hmm. between that one dungeon and uh, until Makar gets captured. Once he gets captured... You can save and quit, and your sword gets back upgraded. You don't have to save him. He's now at the boss temple playing his music, which is kind of fun because it, it screws up the music, uh, <laughs> and he's there playing it while you're fighting uh, Moldoga. Or, <laughs> That's or, funny. So, in the room, yeah. Yeah, yeah in the room. <laughs> so, And just um, a few other things. Forsaken Fortress. You go there the first time. You don't have the sword, so the pirate ship is there that you were flung off of. If you go back to it by building enough speed and making your way onto the boat, you can go into the boat, and now it's like, okay, well, you already have the... Oh, to get the bombs? To get the bombs. You can go get the bombs, and then you come out, <laughs> and it spawns have, like, you. you already the sword, and you've already left. You've been yeah. flung off the boat, so the next time you're in the boat is to get the bombs. Yeah. Yes. And so when you leave, the game's like, okay, well, you, the boat's at Windfall. Uh, yeah, Windfall. but it's not there. So the loading zone is there. So you come out at windfall, <laughs> but the boat's not there. So you drop into the water and in windfall, there's a very easy setup um, to build up enough backward speed to swim to wherever you need to go. Also, because you don't get the sail and you don't enter the King of the Red Lions, a lot of times when you save and quit, that's where you're going to end up. And so you'll go do something, save, quit, go back to windfall. Um, so it's neat. It's cool. It was fun. It was long. It's six and a half hours. Um, I think towards the end, especially when just gathering a lot of the items, a, a lot of that's just sort of sailing around. Um, you know, it's it's definitely very in, interesting. Um, a lot of like just movement optimizations and things like that. But I think there isn't a whole lot going on. Like I, I felt after maybe two, three hours, I'd seen pretty much most of what I was going to see. Mm -hmm. But still fun. You know, I just at any time the 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 game's done quick people do anything it's great so i recommend that mm -hmm. anyway now on to the any percent this was done um i watched both of them were done by a, a runner named linkus um he was great very informative loved it um but he played the any percent on the original so the startup was very similar although so you know how i said that uh, to build up speed you have to swim by going back and forth really fast to do that in the GameCube version, and I don't know uh, if this was a one that they they um, I watched the year next year, and they mentioned that this was a technique developed that that was found that I guess within the past year. So I don't know if you can do this in the the HD version, but um, if you plug in the controller 
while holding the stick in a very special direction, you change the dead zone. So now when you're not pressing the stick, the sti- the game reads a direction. I used to do that accidentally all the time to my uh, N64 controllers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I turned the game on when I still had the wire wrapped around it, so it was pushing the, <laughs> the stick in one direction. <laughs> so now instead of doing flicking the stick 30 times per second, you only have to do it 15. <laughs> so the startup is pretty similar, but they do that. So that saves a good maybe minute, minute and a half. Um, but when you really want to build up all that speed, um, it's worth it to pause buffer because you just lose so much speed from missing one of your 15 frames per second flick. Mm-hmm. And they still go to Dragon Roost, but they go there for the Wind Waker because in the original version, instead of using uh, the grappling hook or something like that to build up speed, what you can do is if you climb something and pull out the Wind Waker, the same frame you, you're you falling, and put the Wind Waker away three frames before you you land... <laughs> Next time you pull out the Wind Waker, you'll be able to move, but the camera will be locked onto it. So that basically the game will now start giving you all that backward speed. And so you'll keep turning around every frame and you'll gain that speed and be able to go off. Similar, same end result, different execution. Save and quit. You end back on Windfall and you have some fun. (laughs) So you start at Windfall. If you do the same thing um, that, that I told you with the Wind Waker, you pull it out. If you then talk to someone and do it again, you'll now have that glitch stored twice for some reason. You climb up a little ledge, you pull the Wind Waker out just right. You go talk to someone, you climb a ledge, you pull the Wind Waker out. You're good to go. So now you super swim all the way mm-hmm. to Forest Haven. Because you have that text box saved, the cutscene to enter Forest Haven just kind of skips. You can kind of glitch through the land and go underneath Forest Haven, for some reason, if you're in water, but there's water above you, you teleport above it. Mm. Basically, I think it's because there is no diving in the game. If for some reason you end up in a place where, like a position where it thinks that you're diving, it's going to bring you up to the top. Mm. So you're out of bounds. You're not supposed to be there, but that, you know, just the default is that there's water there. And then um, at the entrance to Forest Haven, there's a little puddle or a spring or something. So you swim under it and you, bam, you go up. Then in Forest Haven by the Deku Tree, you want to go somewhere, glitch through the wall, and throw bait into the void so that it just falls forever. Then um, you kind of clip through the wall. You clip through the, the just below the, the ground, so you're, just your head's poking out wh- where it should be. <laughs> and you're going to pull out the grappling hook 70 times. 70 times, specifically. Yeah, exactly. If you do it 69 or 71 times, the glitch will not work. <laughs> Basically, you're corrupting the memory. Mm. So every time you pull out the grappling hook, the game is going to try and reference the grappling hook's ID in the memory and load it into the RAM. But it's going to fuck up because of some of the... you Throwing the bait into the void corrupted some memory. And so now every time you pull it up, you corrupt the memory more and more. Mm. And so basically what happens is the game, it pulls out that item and says, okay, there should be a grappling hook. But then it sees like it can't finish that loading, but it's like, okay, well, the grappling hook is there. We're just not able to finish loading it. So you pull out another grappling hook. And so you add essentially uh, two grappling hook values there. And so you pull it up 70 times, you corrupt a certain amount of memory. And because of that, you're taking up the RAM. Certain things aren't going to be able to load in the RAM because 
this corrupted memory. The game doesn't know what to do with it. And until you reset the system, it just can't fix it. Uh, so then you can uh, do a trick, um, interrupt the Deku tree um, so that uh, there is no cutscene. And because the the memory is fragmented the way it is, the, all the choo-choos that are on him are like frozen still. <laughs> and so if you walk into them just right, you can push them off, clip them through the wall, and they just keep going uh, forward until they stop loading. So you basically do this to all of them except one. Well, you do it to the last one too. And then you want to time it just right so that way Deku Tree, he's moving his chin in a certain way because you fucked up the cutscene. He still thinks those shoes <laughs> are on him. He's moving in such a way so you can get underneath him and he'll crush you with his chin. <laughs> if you do this the same time that chew died that you just sent off into the void, you'll respawn and the game will realize that you have you've beaten all the chews so it tried to play the cutscene but you voided out so it skips cutscene and now you can um go grab the leaf and then you go back to uh windfall island you're going to do a crazy speed run vacation <laughs> i don't remember i don't have the exact order but you basically swim to like bomb island back to windfall island back to bomb island to triangle <laughs> island to windfall island and so you go through all these islands basically because you're loading uh a certain number of things and the game is because the memory is fragmented it keeps fucking up right and you're using up more and more of your ram I talked about in Oracle of Ages RNG manipulation, how like every time you something like uh, something is supposed to roll RNG, it you know what the result is going to be. So you're just trying to make sure that RNG is rolled the right number of times to get the result you want. Hmm. That's basically what this is. You're you're loading things just right so that all the things that you want are loaded and not loaded. There's some luck in it because like certain effects that are kind of random, like water droplet effects, the wind whoosh effects, lightning, mm -hmm. those all will also fragment the memory a little bit each time one of those is trying to load. You may end up corrupting too much memory or the memory might be corrupted just wrong to crash the game. <laughs> so this 20-minute setup has a lot, like a decent failure rate because of it. Okay, you go to Thorn Fairy Island to get a bow upgrade. Um, because you fragmented the memory, the thorns that are usually there blocking the path are not there. Oh, um, that's good so you can just walk in. Yeah. Then you die. <laughs> and then you go back to Windfall Island and you do that double storage where you um, pull out the Wind Waker. You talk to someone, pull out the Wind Waker again. And basically you go over to um, one of the uh, islands that has just a chest for you to pick up. And if you are in that mode, you try and open a chest you'll get kind of stuck in the animation. Mm. It's I don't know, it just doesn't know what to do. You're in it's you're it's trying to play one animation, you're already in another. Right. But when you're picking up an item, Link's hitbox changes. It's very small so that way he can really get into there and he's not accidentally like being pushed by the box. Mm. So he can do his animation right. So it's trying to you're kind of in that animation, but you're able to move out of it. What that does is it changes his hitbox to be very small. So then you want to load Forsaken Fortress four times. So you like you're doing the super swim. You go in until you see the lights flash. You leave. You come back. Again, more fra fragmenting of the memories. Now, because you uh, tried to open that chest, your hitbox is really, really small. And because of that, a lot of like Link just like walk up things because his hitbox is so tiny. <laughs> 
um, things that would normally push you off, you can kind of just walk. So he just walks up walls and cliffs and things that are at like a very, very slight angle. And so you skip most of the Forsaken Fortress. Um, you end up trying to, when you would normally save Ariel and all of them, again, the memory's fragmented. So um, you spawn with the water kind of already like trying to come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tetra and one of the other pirates are there and Tetra's just underwater because she's too short. <laughs> and so you're able to go ahead and climb all the way up the tower to where you normally fight the hemlock hem rock yeah the bird but the while hemlock. doing that you need to make sure you break at least two pots because otherwise you won't have enough ram and you're getting crash <laughs> you make it all the way to the top but again memory's fragmented hemlock rock doesn't spawn um so you're able to just skip that and walk all the way up and just confront ganon <laughs> ganon's wondering where the fuck his bird minion is yeah. <laughs> during this cutscene, you get your master sword and the shield at this point, you can now go back in and go into Hyrule Castle. And so all this fragmenting was designed so you have about 2.8 kilobytes of RAM left. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go, you load through, uh, you go through the Hyrule Castle. A lot of shit's not spawning. And now is your luck chance. Um, now, every time you load out of Hyrule Castle into the field, that barrier... Just the way that the game tries to load things, there's a chance that barrier will not load. Mm -hmm. So you kind of just go back and forth. And every time you uh, fragment just a tiny, tiny bit more of your RAM, but like because that barrier is literally just a really like large blown up version of a tiny box, it doesn't take very much RAM at all. And so I think the one I watched was like seven times. Uh, you had to just load, come back, and pray that that thing was gone. Um, it could be more. It could be less. Random. Hmm. Once that's gone, you're pretty much safe. You don't really need to to have that corrupted memory much more. And honestly, if you keep it that way, you're going to crash the game later. Hmm. So at some point uh, after that, you reset. In the... Um, in Ganon's Castle, one of the rooms is guaranteed to drop uh, a bomb pickup. Hmm. But even though you don't have bombs, you can pick that up and it'll give you a bomb bag with zero. Hmm. You glitch through the wall to skip all the trials other than the bombs that you got from that one. You fight Phantom Ganon and the light arrow. You get your light arrows. Oh, no. Okay, this is where you turn it off. Uh, you save and quit after you get the light arrows. And then when you try and load, the GameCube's like, hold up, shit, the the um, the memory's fragmented, and it hard resets. Hmm. So you didn't tell it to, but it's going to reset the console and um, refresh that RAM. Um, so now you have the light arrows, you go fight Pe- Puppet Ganon. Um... And that was kind of cool because instead of you don't have the boomerang. So for the first phase, you just have to kind of spray and pray (laughs) um, because he he wiggles his his tail back and forth. And the tail while it's still attached with the light arrows. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Um, It's hard. It's he's not predictable in his movement. Um, Well, it's, it's not guaranteed. There's some some erraticness to it. But, you know, um. It was it was good from what I saw. It was, it was impressive, very cool. You beat Bupp again, and you climb up 
to um chandelier i don't remember what that was up there but there's like rafters and stuff yeah, it's like a big chandelier thing yeah yeah and there there's little spike ball enemies that will <laughs> hop onto you uh-huh so they're if morts. huh yeah they're called morts morts, morts. okay <laughs> like a moth but a morth that's what you're saying yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah because the they they spawn from they spawn from moth the thing. muscular yes. enemies yeah oh. so if you walk up to it really slowly and if you try and stab it uh when it's really close to you and you hit it the same frame it jumps onto you um when you roll he'll come off and um he won't be dead but because you hit it with a sword, he'll drop a heart. Because um, normally they those won't mm -hmm. drop a heart unless you hit it with a sword. So if you hit it with an arrow or anything, um, it won't. So what they do is they... You don't have the, the grappling hook, hook either. Um, the hook shot. So you then use the leaf to blow it onto the area where you want um, the exit. That There's a little platform that you have to hook shot onto. Mm-hmm. And then you hit it with an arrow. And um, then you... Uh, another glitch that I talked about in Ocarina of Time. If you use the... In Ocarina of Time, if you use the, the bottle, and as you're in that animation, you switch it out with another item, and you pick up something with that bottle, it will replace that bottle with the item you just picked up. Or it'll replace that item you replaced with the, a bottle with that item. So similarly, if you use the Tingle Tuner and pause at the same time, pull out a bomb, um, you'll just pull out a bomb instead of using the Tingle Tuner. Mm -hmm. So even though you have zero bombs because you don't have a bomb bag, you can still equip it and it'll, you'll still pull one out. Hmm. You do that to kill yourself, <laughs> and you have one frame when you die to put an input. So if you jump attack, you're still in the air. You can keep jump attacking. And you each time you gain a little bit of height. So I don't remember. I think he said it, if you do it, it was either eight or nine times. If you do it eight or nine times per second, you will negate the effects of gravity. <laughs> so if you're able to jump attack like 15 to 19 times per second, you know, you can get, gain a lot of uh, height and you go a little bit forward each time. So you're basically, it's called a zombie hover. So you're, you're dead. You're, you're hovering until you land on that heart because you do that before you land you're not dead <laughs> oh yeah the reason that you're able to do that is that's the frame where the game kind of checks do you have a fairy let's put pull out the fairy mm. so you recover and so basically um it's still doing that check you picked up a heart it's like oh you're not dead okay you're good uh and then you go fight ganon <laughs> because you have only one heart you don't want to take the chance so you know how enemies have spoils if you hook shot the uh, grappling hook them, you can grab their spoil. If you grapple hook Zelda, you get three hearts. What? Yeah. They do that to make sure that they have enough health uh, to not get one shot by Ganon, and they just do the fight. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's it was really fascinating um, <laughs> how they figured it out. The fact that they it, it took them this long to figure out exactly how to fragment the memory so that that barrier stops loading. Like, a dedication... <laughs> And a certain sense of psychoticism that I don't <laughs> ever want to meet in person. <laughs> um, I remember watching a video before they figured it out that was talking about that barrier being like the last big like thing they need to break to fully break the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it is really hard to get through that barrier. Like, I'm not surprised that it took this 20 years <laughs> or whatever to, like, yeah. figure out a way around that. That's pretty funny. And it's kind of, it's, it's funny because they, they, they were able to get through that barrier in the HD remake before they were able to break, break it in the original. Do you think it's because it uses more RAM or is the process different? The process, because remember, you you have that that uh, method of gaining so much backwards speed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what, basically what happens is you turn and at an angle uh, and the game sees your, your, your start location and you're going this fast. It puts you at your end location and it says that there's no barriers in the way, so you're there. Or like you're not in a barrier or anything. Right. It's just like, it just, it's like your end location is here past the barrier, basically. Yeah. And, and so it doesn't look for what's in between your start and end location. Interesting. Um, so it's like your end location is here. You're fine. Good. Nothing happens. You're here. It's fascinating. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to start watching more speedruns because I, again, the, the two were so different for, between the two versions. I was just, was really not expecting it to be such a different experience. You mean between like the any percent versus the full, the hundred percent. But also the HD and the the original, mm. you know, um, and 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 with uh, seasons and ages, those yeah. two speedruns were so different. It kind of it, it almost felt the same, and and how one was a lot more technical in just like your execution, and you know, you basically kind of use the same strategies repeatedly, but you're trying to just cut down time, mm-hmm. versus you're breaking the game, like this game is no longer recognizable. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's fun, interesting, fascinating. I love it. It is interesting. It's just interesting that, like, there's still, even in, like, 2022, there's still, like, architecture in video games that, like, to break. Mm-hmm. Like, that, and, like, you can still play things in a way that they're, like, not meant to be. Like, we yeah. still haven't, like, even as, like, technology is sort of, like, improved, that doesn't, like, leave out the sort of, like, the way that humans write instructions to computers <laughs> that are, like, yeah. open to manipulation. It's very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to, like, read up on the speedrun tactics before we start, like, other games <laughs> to be, like, can I do it? Can I, can I save time? Like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's actually, <laughs> I'm very tempted to do that myself because I don't have a great track record of beating these games so Not you know anymore. having a speed run yeah yeah <laughs> having a speed run tactic here and there to help me get through some of them well, although i think i think also having a guide like yeah having a guide um because uh, for a while because i i had ambitions to 100 percent wind waker um and at one point i looked sure. at a it kind of is but i looked <laughs> and there was an interactive map that had like oh mm. you know you can get these items and like i can mark them off as gotten and I feel like if I had started that from the beginning and kept track, it would have been a lot easier for me to sort of see what I had, where I needed to go, instead of remembering, like, did I get the thing on this island? Um, mm-hmm. So I might try that with uh, at least Twilight Princess um, to see if there's... Yeah. There probably isn't one for Minish Cap. Oh, there might be. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there probably... Like, it, it, it may just be um, kind of like... Uh, I don't know if you saw the map for Zelda 1. Where oh, it had like yeah. there's a heart piece in this in this quadrant, mm-hmm, yeah. and then you know, so it might be something like that. I know there's one fairly extensive like collection aspect to Minish Cap, so it's probably extensive guys to that at least. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, shall we talk about visuals and musics? Yes, Musics please do. And visuals. Yeah. 
such a good music. Anyway, let's talk about visuals first, though, because that's what I do in my yeah. order of things. It's a pretty game. Yeah, starting from the outside, though, <laughs> the packaging, as per other <laughs> Zelda releases, came on like a gold um, disc, not mm -hmm. a cartridge. So this mm -hmm. was like the GameCube was the first like Nintendo console that moved away from cartridges, although they're back to cartridges yeah. now, but whatever, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, it's mm -hmm. fine. But yeah, basically it used these mini DVD cartridges, or not, I'm sorry, <laughs> mini DVDs, not cartridges, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. to store games. So, so we... the discs, mm -hmm. you know, they could hold more uh, data than a cartridge could. And they were still proprietary, so they still, because Nintendo is very, like, anti-piracy, and that was mm -hmm. why they were always, like, cartridges. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so the this specific DVD, mini DVD format, I guess, was like, I don't know, maybe it made piracy easier, but the whole point was to reduce piracy. It also, we talked about this, I think, a long time ago, like our first exposures to this game, but it was part of that, like, special, there was a preview of this game um, that was released, that was packaged with the uh, GameCube remasters of Ocarina of Time Majora's Mask. Yes. Mm -hmm. And whatever that was. Yeah, it was on the disc Zelda that one. I, yeah. that I played Ocarina on. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's like, ooh, Wind Waker. <laughs> yeah, there's a Wind Waker, um, sam like, not sample, what is it called? You know, demo? Like demo. demo. Yeah, there's a demo. Yeah. yeah. And I played the it's demo. like 20 minutes like, of Wind Waker or something. Yeah, it was fun. And I was like, I must have this game. And then got it later. Mm -hmm. um, so so I guess it worked. Technologically speaking, in terms of the visuals, it was very interesting. This was released in 2001. So this was like five years. The GameCube was released in 2001, which was five years after the first N64 released. And basically, like, graphics-wise, it's similar to the way the N64 worked. But there was better processing, which enabled more polygons and therefore enabled more detail. And... Um, when we come to sound, there was like special hardware dedicated to sound, which helped um, mm, with the processing, mm -hmm. which was nice. And in this game specifically, I think the most important visual aspect is the cell, cell shaded style of art that mm -hmm. they used, which was, I think we're fans of, but the, yeah. the reception I think was mixed because people who really loved like Ocarina of Time were like, WTF is this, mm -hmm. but I think it looks really great. I have, <laughs> yeah. A part of the, um the problem quote unquote with the reception was that there had been like a tech demo yeah that showed like a more realistic like link mm. dueling with the ganondorf or something and people thought that was going to be the next game but it was just a tech demo yeah so. And, uh, yeah so there was a hint at that and so people were very disappointed but mm -hmm. um i guess to explain shell shading shell well i can't say this cell shading um shell shading, shell shading. She, <laughs> <laughs> she shades seashells <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, like cell shading is a style where instead of rendering everything as like a gradient shadow, so you can Google this and see what I'm talking about, or you can just look at the Wind Maker graphics versus like uh, Twilight Princess or like Ocarina of Time. But basically, like you have a reduced amount of like shading. So instead of having a gradient from one color to another, you have like one dark pattern, one dark color to represent a shadow. Um, so it's a bit more of like an abstracted style and kind of looks like a style that you would use for like an illustration, like a comic book or something, where it's sort of like more abstracted rather than more realistic. But yeah, that's what cell shading means when people talk about it. But yeah, it's very obvious what the style looks like if you look at graphics mm -hmm. from this game. Mm -hmm. This was interestingly the first HD remake of a Zelda game for the Wii U, and it was suggested because of the cell shaded graphics. Like, it was easier to upscale them because they're simpler. Mm. Um, apparently, that was why it was, like, suggested that it should be one of the earlier remakes, HD remakes, which is very interesting. 
so polygons were used and so basically you have like more depth of polygons so you can have more depth in what's shown there's a really interesting article that i'm going to put in the show notes that was written by um, rodrigo capetti that talks about like the console the gamecube console in detail but one of the things that's very interesting is that he has these like charts um or like little tabs in this like blog article that show like a comparison of an N64 like model of like Mario versus the GameCube. So you can really see like the definition side by side, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Visually in terms of the style, my take is that Wind Waker was inspired by a lot of different types of folk art. I think specifically Celtic art, which mm. is very commonly pointed out as like one of the influences of Wind Waker, specifically mm -hmm. in the like, in the actual, in the cover, in the English version, this, the word Wind Waker is written in this like script that looks like kind of a Gaelic font, like a rounded Gaelic mm. font, mm -hmm. which is very interesting. And then you have in the game, there's a lot of these sort of like organic as opposed to geometric. So like rounded, natural, like flowing, trailing, abstract spirals and shapes, um, which is really mm. common in, in mm -hmm. like Irish traditional art or Celtic art. Like in the bomb smoke and yeah, like in the bomb yeah. smoke. Although I think stuff, the bomb smoke yeah. is actually kind of inspired by like floating world Japanese art, like the curly kind of smoke. Mm -hmm. um, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. What I was actually thinking was like the sail, the image on the sail, and some of the mm -hmm. other imagery. The sail has like a three curved kind of like wave design. Um, there's a you can Google this. There's like a it's like a triskel or triskelion shape in mm -hmm. um, Celtic art that's like three spirals that are connected together. I think it kind of alludes to that. <laughs> There's like the um, triquetra. So like the knotted three, um, three pointed like knot, like a Celtic knot or a Trinity knot is really common. There isn't, that's not actually shown in any of the things, but I think it's kind of replaced by like the Triforce. So this connection of like the three pointed knot and the Triforce is there. Um, and then I also think there's similar themes to like Maori art or like oceanic pacific art in those kind of like repeated wave mm -hmm. patterns and stuff um mm -hmm. this kind of art will be familiar to you if you look at like like the designs in like moana that's like drawing inspiration from that kind of art where it's mm -hmm. like these like wave motifs abstract and curved geometric motifs um which are pretty cool which makes sense because like both <laughs> like Ireland and like the Pacific, they're on the ocean. You have all these like islands. I think it's kind of like drawing on these similar like themes. Um, but mm -hmm. I do feel like there's kind of a mix of different like traditional and folk art. Like one really big one is like the fairies. The fairies are obviously inspired or like, I don't know, they're obviously not um, inspired, drawn from the same inspiration as the fairies in Ocarina of Time. They have, they're represented with four arms which apparently mm -hmm. have done some research. <laughs> I don't know that much about um, like Hindu art or like representation, but often like Hindu gods are represented with forearms and I, and like the, mm -hmm. um, the fairies blow a lotus at you, which is obviously like an important mm -hmm. uh, flower and symbol in Hinduism. Also, I think the, the, the fairies might actually be like a reference to like Lakshmi, um, which is very interesting. Hold on. Let me, read to you about Lakshmi really quickly <laughs> from the Wikipedia, obviously, <laughs> but like, um, Lakshmi is the goddess of wealth, fortune, power, beauty, fertility, and prosperity. Mm. So I kind of feel like there's a connotation or like there's a, yeah. there's a link there. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. 
but there are other influences from other cultures too like the king of the red lions is kind of drawing inspiration from like a chinese dragon boat or an okinawan dragon boat like a mm -hmm. or maybe even like a viking boat but i think it's like really specifically like a dragon boat um he has like yeah. that red face mm -hmm. and it's kind of like i mean he calls himself the king of red lions but it's kind of a dragony lion yeah. <laughs> like yeah. i don't know <laughs> yeah. they look kind of similar in um eastern depictions yeah they do dragons and lions their heads anyway or like lion mm -hmm. dogs dragon and lion like mm -hmm. it's kind of like crossed mythological um figure but i think he's drawing inspiration from they're drawing inspiration from that and then you also have other inspirations from like um like japanese traditional art and stuff like you have zephos and cyclos that are obviously or like i don't know obviously it's probably another word they're rep like a allusion to raijin and fujin the god of thunder and wind from japanese mythology so they're like f depicted as frogs in wind waker but they arrive on clouds um mm -hmm. like fujin controls the wind that's where you get the like that would be like like zephos probably and then like raijin comes in like a thundering swirling gale um, so I thought that was kind of cool. And their names mm -hmm. are references to like Greek mythology, like Zephos is yep. referenced to Zephyrus. Cyclos, I guess a reference to Cyclone, which I try to find the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> etymology for, but it's not necessarily directly from Greek mythology. Um, but that was mm. interesting. I think the, um, going back slightly, I think the, um, the figurehead on Tetra's ship looks like a Viking. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Tetra's ship, the, the pirate ship has like a whole different aesthetic visually yeah. and musically mm -hmm. also that is yeah. more like a european <laughs> style i guess we talked about how like this game had some influence in breath of the wild and one of the things that i think really shows that is the tower of the gods so the tower yeah. of the gods has this like um kind of like also an abstract geometric sort of like circles and lines pattern that is heavily um heavily used in breath of the wild later and i think mm -hmm. um it's more obvious in breath of the wild but it's more of like oops it's more obvious in breath of the wild but i think in this game it's kind of a um, reference to like what's called the jomon period like prehistoric japanese art if you mm -hmm. google jomon mm -hmm. you will see <laughs> very easily on wikipedia like a pot that has these sort of like um or like on on mm -hmm. Google searches that has this like geometric circle and line shape, which we'll talk about more when we talk about Breath of the Wild. But I think the Tower of the Gods is starting to like develop that aesthetic as it relates to like the gods of Hyrule, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and it, yeah, and then it gets carried in Breath of the Wild. So yeah, I think there's like a lot of a lot of references. So like before in Legend of Zelda, we saw a lot of references, visual references to like. I don't know, like Western European traditional things and like mm -hmm. Christian imagery. And now yeah. this game is like using a lot of um, different imagery from like sort of different, like a variety of different traditional like folk art and mythology, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. It all kind mm -hmm. of like works. <laughs> like you don't really think about yeah. it, but I was just like, oh, we got like lotuses and we got like this other thing mm -hmm. in this game. It's very mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah, I think it especially works for the like the setup of this world because it's like a bunch of scattered people who had to like rebuild yeah from, mm -hmm. like, the scraps of their world that were remaining so yeah hyrule was like kind of more cohesive now everything is very scattered and like you're sailing like pretty vast distances um mm -hmm. in the sea or like what can feel very different and isolated and so like you could could be like different 
LA culture is developing and different traditional art developing, but then you still have this sort of like mm-hmm. cohesive overall look in the game, which is pretty cool. And there were like references to, we already talked about this, but like references to Ocarina of Time, like the stained glass in Hyrule Castle. And there's like the mark of the Gerudo on Ganondorf's outfit on his like sash, I think mm-hmm. on his belt. So there's some touches from Ocarina of Time as well. Mm-hmm. And then some other things that I thought were interesting and of note is that the, like Ocarina of Time, but to a much greater extent, the environment, there's a different like visual technology in, allowed for enhances in the environment. So like islands can be seen from far away. And actually, apparently, <laughs> the reason that the Wii U allowed for swift sailing is because the islands wouldn't load as fast on GameCube. So you couldn't actually approach them faster. Mm. They wouldn't load fast enough. So part of the reason you can swift sail on the Wii U is because the tech, uh, like the, you have more, um, the islands like load faster. Mm-hmm. So you can actually do it, which is cool. Yeah. I love being able to, I love being able to see the islands from a distance. It's like, cool. Like the Tower of the Gods, especially you can see from all over the so place. So far away. Mm-hmm. Like it's very considered. Mm-hmm. The the I know people hate sailing or whatever. I mean, I I like it, but mm-hmm. the experience of sailing on the sea is very considered. I think it's much more there's more detail than in like Hyrule Field or Terminal mm-hmm. Field mm-hmm. or whatever. In addition to just day and night there's also weather, the water patterns change. So like the water can appear more choppy and less choppy, like mm-hmm. it can be flatter. This game also has a lot of use of like particles, like floating particles, especially in the like wind temple, the one that's like got all the gra- the green particles and stuff. The one you have to go to with um, Makar. And mm-hmm. and in like the Deku tree and like the the woods and stuff. And I also really mm-hmm. like the smoke, curling smoke and cloud details that we talked yeah. about. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's my official <laughs> analysis. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It makes me think of like um, like the Disney movie Mulan did yeah. similar things like stylized smoke mm-hmm. yes. patterns and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And like I to said. To kind of imitate the art style that they were inspired by. Yes. Like a more East Asian, like Chinese or... Um, like abstracted illustration style, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Okami also does it, but it, which is also another. Mm, mm-hmm. Okami yeah. is a hundred percent based on floating world illustrations. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's definitely drawing on that style. Yeah. This, but that smoke, those little smoke curls specifically, are mm-hmm. really enjoyable, and they're like everything, like everywhere, like the the smoke yeah. that's coming out of the like pots that you can warp through. Oh, I don't know if we talked about that. Oh, yeah. I guess but there are warps in other dungeons, but this is the first. No, no, no. Like, the, there's warps in the. There are some warp areas in Ocarina of Time, but mm-hmm. these, like, specifically this, like, pot that's in Wind Waker is, mm-hmm. I feel like, very specific. But yeah, those have, like, this, like, curling smoke that unfurls out of them. And, like, mm-hmm. when your bombs explode, it's pretty cool. It's all over the place. Mm-hmm. That effect. Yeah. When you're on, like, the little, like, spooky submarines and go ship and stuff like a spooky fog that also mm-hmm. has the swirls in it yeah and the one that makes you go like it makes your controls backwards in uh <laughs> mm-hmm. in <the> dungeon. <laughs> yeah. and like the fire around skulls and stuff yeah, yeah it's all yeah. all like that effect which is pretty cool mm-hmm. there's also the wind blowing which i didn't mention in terms also there's like in addition to water and like particles and smoke there you can see the wind blowing like so there's wind movement in the environment like in Link's clothes, like Link's hat in particular. 
um and in the environment but also there's like the depiction of the wind like the kind of lines that are moving through mm-hmm. the air so you can see the direction which is important because you have to control the wind which is pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah and then the zombies that are creepy it looks nice it looks nice i was gonna say do you have any other things to say and then i was like well <laughs> <laughs> it looks nice it's a very detailed game and like mm-hmm. the cell shading hasn't lost its appeal like the style mm-hmm. yeah style yeah nice. so very pretty yeah mm-hmm. even yeah. in like we said it's been 20 years since this game came out and like yeah they added visual effects and it's like a size to be hd and whatever um for the hd version of the game but like basically the original style and stylistic choices the team made still like make the game look great to this day which yeah is really nice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think it's getting more recognition now yeah do you want to talk about any other visual things or music I can talk about music. I have things um... to say. <laughs> Were there any like places that you really liked or like temples that you really liked? Uh, um, that's a good point. I mean, for me, I think the music in the game is really good, and that like gives a lot of the uh, the for me the those are the more memorable parts of it. Um, I mean, I think there's the general style, and like, there's definitely scenes I remember a lot more because of how animated it is, mm-hmm. and like. Um, and all that um but yeah i think i think for locations it's the music but for the events i think you got the graphics really do help play a part of it mm-hmm. i sent a picture in our little chat but i really like the the little fire volcano island how it, like the lava <laughs> pours into the sea yeah yeah stuff. it looks really cool mm-hmm. any any of the interaction between like this ocean and the, like islands was cool those ones in mm-hmm. particular that one like the ice one um mm-hmm. because they have like an effect on the water mm-hmm. and i think the game does a good job of uh just like the dynamic movement of the camera mm-hmm. like when things when you get hit uh like when certain things explode and things like that i think there's a it's definitely more noticeable than in the previous games mm-hmm. oh oh you know what i mean it, both the sound but also the visual of when you're in the first forsaken fortress and the moblins catch sight of you or like or like like um they didn't catch you catch you but they're like onto you you yeah, know there's a little you. sound yeah and, and the the camera sh- like shifts really f- it's, it's really jarring yeah, the camera um mm-hmm. like, zooms in on them mm-hmm. or like you yeah it has a very specific yeah. perspective mm-hmm. shift that it does mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That that was really really powerful. I think it's real good at making you let go of that. Control. Yeah, you're like, I'm not moving. Yeah. I'm not moving. <laughs> no, 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 nobody's here. Nobody's here. Don't look at me. Yeah. Don't look at me. <laughs> That's true. That's a really good visual effect. You get hit when you get hit. The camera also like sort of resets to a neutral angle. That's like not right behind you. Like I'm thinking particularly mm-hmm. in the orca fight when he hits you. And in the Ganon fight, it also unzi targets when he's, like, being attacked. Like, after after the light arrow hits him and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, but the the effect of them noticing you sneaking is really helpful. And you have to sneak, like, multiple Mm -hmm. times in this game. And then, um... Oh, another thing that we didn't talk about is, like, the animation for, like, your sword combos. Mm -hmm. Because you, like, uh, if you repeat, you press the button, you start doing, like, these combos, and it typically ends in, like, a spin attack or, like, a jump yeah. uh, attack or something like that. You know, it's it's very um, flowy, I think, in how mm-hmm. you it hits. Um, 
it's very nice. It, it definitely adds a lot more um, fun to sort of just the just mm -hmm. plain sword combat. Yeah, I think the sword fighting is really fun. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's really simple, but the all the like visual and auditory flourishes mm -hmm. and like the parry button and everything make it feel really good. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that in Ocarina of Time, the sword fighting it's variable so like you can slash across or slash down and spin attack mm -hmm. but it's very it's like one animation with consistent timing like there might be some like easing so like speeding up and slowing down at the end of or during certain different parts of the animation but i think in, yeah in wind waker it's like more the motion is more variable where it's like it takes some time to speed up and then he has to like slow down or like overdraws like over Oh, it, like in the spin attack he hits the thing and then spins a little bit more and then stops like there's more mm -hmm. um the animations themselves are like more dynamic um yeah i think that, that makes it i think that contributes to the feeling that you're talking about so like there's more variation but there's also more variation mm -hmm. in the actual movement in the speed mm -hmm. yeah because like in in ocarina you could do you could swing three times i think regardless um and there's usually it, it's like uh, back, forth, and then stab. one that's a little bit more, um, a little bit different. So, like, if you do stab, stab, and then stab, but he kind of, like, swings the sword a bit more higher up, mm. that sort of thing. Um, but I don't think there's any enemies that you can hit three times. I think if one of those hits, you hit. Otherwise, you know, but, like, whereas this one, you can hit four times in a row, yeah, and each one connects and does damage. Whereas that one, you one, two, three, and if one of them hits, they're probably invulnerable, not going to get hit by the next hit one, mm. you know? That's interesting. Except, I, I guess, bosses. Bosses, yeah. I guess, you, you would do, you could hit, but yeah. Um, so, like, it, even even that aspect of it is, is, it feels more satisfying to actually have a combo that does something, you know? The other thing also is, like, remember a long time we talked ago about how, like, enemies can keep attacking you, but when you swing your sword, you have to stand still, especially in, like, Zelda 2. Mm-hmm. One nice thing about this game is, like, when enemies swing at you, they don't move as much, I noticed. Like, yeah. it was a lot... Generally, The yeah. combat was a little bit fairer, like, mm -hmm. that they had to pause, and, like, they don't always hit you, and, like, so maybe you... Maybe you don't hit, like, the moblins with the long, like, pikes, but they also sometimes don't hit you. Like, it's a little... Yeah. There's more variability, but it's also a little... It seemed a little fairer to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In, on both sides. Sometimes they hit each other, yeah, which is funny. Yeah, sometimes they hit each other. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had Dark Knots kill each other. I was like, good. You take your take mm. each other out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like the only way I could do those rooms were if I had like More three of them one. on me. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's impossible. I would try to like trigger one at a time, but it's like, you... but sometimes they would get them all and I'd be like, I don't even know what to do now. Cause... Mm -hmm. But you also like, you can only target one of them at a time. Mm -hmm. So like you can only parry one of them at a time, which is like, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. hard. Yeah, and like if you pick the wrong one, then you get hit by the other guy who moves first, and like yeah. sometimes your parry would run into one of the other guys, so you didn't actually like, take off his armor and stuff. You gotta get behind them and slice off their armor. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. But yeah, just let them knock each other out and, <laughs> and then clean up their remains. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or like one drops their sword, and then you knock out the other sword, and then they go pick up the other one's sword. That one's really that's really funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The combat is really mm -hmm. fun in this game. I know people were like, oh, I really like... Well, I think it was Link to the Past. They like really like the combat, but I think it's really fun in this game. Like, I think it, there's mm -hmm. a lot of like variability. It's not too hard, mm -hmm. but there's still times that are challenging, like when you have three Dark Knots yeah. in a room. Mm -hmm. Dark Knots in a room. 
or like all the ones that you have to target individually when you have to like when Hyrule Castle is fucked up and you have to go yeah, in. Yeah, the yeah. first time that happened when I was playing this game, I was like, "What the? How am I going to do this? Like, I can't fight all of them at the same <laughs> time. Like, it's impossible." So you have to strategically go like one by one or two by two and get rid of all the enemies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the combat's fun. And the visuals around the combat are fun. And, like, the parry is very obvious. You get, like, a sound effect and the button, like, glows. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. a lot of cues. Yeah, and, like, the target hovering and stuff. I feel like that's that was in older games, too. But, yeah, you can you can see all the targets if you have, like, a bunch of mobs surrounding you, which is mm-hmm. nice. And then kind of, like, pick which one you want by, by looking at yeah. them. Mm, seamless transition to talk about. Music. <laughs> Let's do it. Seamless. <laughs> <laughs> the music this time was composed by multiple people. It's not just Koji Kondo. I think like the team is expanding. I feel like at this point, like so. First of all, the the games are more complicated. There's like more more memory and stuff to work with, so you can have a bigger team because you can have more complicated music. And like I think Koji Kondo himself is starting to move into like a more uh like oversight type of role. It it's. He mm-hmm. was credited for music. I couldn't. The credits for this game were like not as many. I couldn't find as many like song specific credits in my usual source. Like for example, Koji Kondo's only only credit that I could find was the grandma theme song, and I was like, he must have written more than that. And I could only find in total like maybe like five or six specific songs, and it's like there's like four four composers, so there's no way that like and the soundtrack is it massive, so there's no way that there's only that that mm-hmm. many credit yeah. credited songs, but. Yeah, so it was Kochi Kondo, Toru Minagishi, who we talked about before, composed all the KK songs, like a bunch of the KK songs for um, mm. the original Animal Crossing. And he also later worked on like Twilight Princess and other games, which, so we'll talk about him more later. And then Kenta Nagata, um, who composed the main theme, which is very important, which we discussed. Mm. Um, and like the at least one of the... He was credited in the 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 source where I get all these credits from is like the Nintendo fandom wiki, so I guess it's like fandom collected. But yeah, for some reason they just didn't the amount of specific credits was very limited. Um, and then Hajime Wakai was the last person who was credited, and one of the songs that he wrote was like the boss fight music, for mm-hmm. example. And then there was also significant sound effect programming for this game, which we sort of alluded to earlier. And the uh, people credited for that were Masafumi Kawamura, Taiju Suzuki, and Takahiro Watanabe. So, and they've worked on like various other, oops, they've worked on various other games for Nintendo. Um, but yeah, so, okay. So I have another technology break discussion about. <laughs> Can we just talk about how you, your note? Which one? How it says technology. Oh yeah, I wrote, I wrote technology. <laughs> I forgot these notes. I didn't, I wrote them for myself. <laughs> oh, was that intentional? Yeah, I always write tech, not oh, okay. always, I, <laughs> When I think to myself, sometimes I call it technology because I think it's funny. Like, ah, tech- oh, funny. technology. <laughs> like, when something's not working. <laughs> like, ah, technology. Anyway, yeah, no, technology. So the technology. <laughs> yeah, so GameCube technology break once again. So we talked about this with the N64, that basically, like, the N64 didn't have a dedicated chip that produced waves or read sound or had any dedicated sound like processing but the gamecube included that which is great (laughs) because it basically allowed for many many um samples to be able to be mixed and so that means that we can have richer sound and you can also see an example of this in that like rubigo capetti's analysis um blog 
where you can hear like the same or like similar music from two different games, which is a Paper Mario example, Kayla, for <laughs> for for you, of how much richer the sound can be. And I find like the one one reason also for this is because like in the N sixty four, the sound that comes out of the cartridge, like the sound that you hear, is had to be written and like programmed to be to have all the samples played at specific times. Um, as opposed to with the GameCube, you could just like do what's called streaming, where you just like play a recorded midi or whatever and it didn't have to be mm. um like programmed in the same way so therefore you could have richer sound and it was easier to produce so it was pretty cool because of this technology with wind waker you have a lot of like things that sound like full orchestral arrangements and mm -hmm. like you have a lot of strings and like percussion and then the really cool technological advancement was that the music is very responsive to gameplay and sound effects can be incorporated into the background in music. So what I read in the Zelda encyclopedia is that the arrangement and tempo of songs respond to what Link is doing. And then sound effects were made incorporated into the background music with like a specific program that was built for this. Um, and so one really good example of this is the battle music. The battle music has this like background music, but when you as Link swing, and it's kind of, it's very subtle because Link is also screaming at the same time. So there's <laughs> a lot of different sound effects that are being layered, but there's this like extra sound effect that's added that is fit into the, the background music, which is really cool. And that's all done programmatically, which is a really interesting mm -hmm. um, musical advancement. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting. In terms of like inspiration, again, we're drawing from like a variety of different traditional music from different places. So the opening is obviously fiddle or like folk music inspired, like mm -hmm. Celtic music inspired also. And it uses um, traditional instruments that are also part of like uh, Celtic music. So like flute, drum, like harp sounds and like a fiddle sound and the Earth God's lyric. So medley song is the first phrase. Wind God's Aria is the second phrase, the one that's like... the music is heavily inspired by by kind of like celtic music specifically and like uh like folk traditional folk music we also have like medieval european music especially when they're talking about ocarina of time so that like mm -hmm. the cuts not mm -hmm. cutscene, but the extra scene that's after that's in the opening if you leave the opening screen on that talks about the background of the game about the like legend of the hero mm -hmm. of time 
uses this like mm-hmm. medieval sounding music. My poster. Yeah, your poster. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite versions of the title theme of Zelda. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, the tower. There's also a lot of like chanting used in other parts of the game. So this is also like um, like medieval European inspired music, like Gregorian chant, where the only like quote unquote instrument, like the only voice is like people's voices, and it's not like lyrical with words it's going like ah so like that's <laughs> used in the tower of the gods it's used in like the background when you're with <laughs> ancient scatting yeah yeah <laughs> ancient <laughs> scatting it's not well they didn't really have a lot of structure so it's kind of like scat but like <laughs> not exactly <laughs> um and uh like it, as i say in the background with javoon and when you control the wind, like when you use the wind waker, it's like a chanting sound effect that's played at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then we have other traditional music from other places, like Dragon Roost Island. Sounds like it's sort of inspired by like Spanish music. There's a strummed guitar. We talked about that with like the Gerudo music before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can hear yeah, it very say, clearly. It's like it's reminiscent of the Gerudo, yeah. Yeah. Gerudo Valley theme while being like obviously a different song, but mm-hmm. just the instrumentation is similar. So. There's also castanets in this specifically, and castanets are like a very strong, <laughs> it's a very specific mm-hmm. folk instrument to mm-hmm. use. Um, so you can hear this like clicking sound like castanets in, in that um, mm-hmm. arrangement, which is cool. And then I think the Forest Haven... Uh, music is inspired by like traditional Indian music so you have this like sitar-esque string instrument sound and I don't know how much of these are actually like sampled from instruments or what was played or whatever I didn't like go into a deep dive like with Ocarina of Time Um, and you also have this drum pattern in the background that is like a specific sound to me that sounds kind of like a tabla tabla is like a Indian drum that has this like flexible I mean all drums have like a flexible top but it has this flexible top that's bent so you get this like warped percussive sound yeah i can guarantee you've heard a tabla <laughs> even if you don't know <laughs> what it what it sounds like you've definitely heard one it's like this mm-hmm. like makes a kind of like i don't know bouncy kind of drum sound i don't know how to describe mm-hmm. it and warped uh, for anyone who played um diddy kong racing <laughs> is there tabla the, um, somewhere <laughs> yeah i think the um the genie when you talk to yeah. him it like it starts with that sort of thing I just listened to to it um, for a stage and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. It's a sound that I can't imitate I'm with my mouth, that. so I apologize. <laughs> but you can Google it. <laughs> you, and you definitely, it's yeah. recognizable. I can guarantee you've heard it. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. So I think there's like a lot of music that's pulled from different traditional like folk music from different places, which is pretty cool. And it goes along with the like various themes that I think we talked about in other visuals and works well with the other visuals. Mm-hmm. Um we also had some repeats from Ocarina of Time, which is pretty great. Like the inside of the house music, <laughs> which you'd also yeah. recognize. The fairy music. All the sound effects are like enhanced versions of the sound effects, like the heart piece or like a fairy mm-hmm. hearing you. There's like the daybreak on the ocean, which is similar to a daybreak in Ocarina, mm-hmm. of, uh, like in Hyrule Field and Ocarina of Time. I think that the ocean song is kind of a abstracted version of the Hyrule theme song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the Hyrule Field theme song, because the Hyrule Field theme is like. And then the ocean theme is like. So it's like notes are removed and they're rearranged. I think they follow like a similar pattern, but like the melody is different. 
Um, yep. So that's my, I don't know, hot take. <laughs> it's my take. <laughs> oh, you also right. had Zelda's Lullaby came back. Um, mm-hmm. And I was really excited about that because mm-hmm. obviously I didn't know about that song before because I hadn't played Ocarina of Time before I played Wind Waker the first time. So I was like, oh, we're like, it's Zelda's Lullaby. You can see all the, the main place the first time you hear it, I think, is like in Hyrule Castle. So you're in the room with all the stained glass. And I was like, oh, cool. It's just like Ocarina of Time. All the references to Ocarina of Time are here. Oh, yeah. And Ganon's theme comes back, obviously. And that kind of like dark Hyrule Castle music um, that seems to come back mm-hmm. in a lot of games, like the do, 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 that song. Mm-hmm. It's not really Ganon's theme. Yeah. Is it the Temple Time theme or like a variation on that? It seemed Could like be. that. But... I don't remember. I only remember the Temple of Time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember how the melody goes. I just remember that it's like also those like disembodied mm-hmm. choral voices in the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it sounds like the Hyrule, that, that like Hyrule castle when you go in definitely sounds like either mm-hmm. a not, like an abstracted version or a manipulated version of the um, mm-hmm. Temple of Time theme from Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it is very, it has a really interesting sound also because it's degraded. It's either like sampled or degraded. So when you're in, before before you like break the seal when everything is still in like black and white, it has a, it plays like a degraded version of the song where the ends of notes are cut off or like the, so the, not the attack, but like the end of a note that's played is cut off. Mm-hmm. And then after you go and like uh, all the things come back to life, then it doesn't play that version again. It plays like a full version. So yeah, it ha- also has a um, manipulated version of the song that's the like Temple of Time-esque song, Song of Time-esque song that plays in Hyrule Ga- Castle, but it's degraded when you first go in and then um, like uh, not degraded when you, after everything returns to like its original state, which is pretty cool. I liked it a lot when I heard it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was excited. Mm-hmm. Mm, and this game also, so in addition to like the sound effect, um, like the sound effects that we talked about that were kind of like the same as before, like it pulled in, there are new ones, like the sound of seagulls, which I learned from the <laughs> Legend of Zelda Encyclopedia notes that says that it was processed elephant cries, which I think is hilarious. It's like, yeah, that's... why not a seagull? Why an elephant? Anyway, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> This also says, yeah. They should have used laughing goals. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> should have. Apparently the sound of walking through the desert was made with potato chips, but I don't remember a desert in this game, so I guess they mean walking on sand. I don't know. Whatever. It's fine. Mm. I thought that, that was it's interesting. Like That's true. Walk, well, yeah. Walking in the sand. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, obviously music, like like with Ocarina of Time, music is a big component of this game because you have these um, the wind waking baton to conduct and manipulate things in the game like people and objects um and you conduct these sort of like spectral performances with the the, uh with the sages and then you also have the sacred instruments so there's like the fiddle that macar plays like a cello and then there's um the harp uh medley has like a lyre type harp Mm -hmm. that she strums um which is pretty cool 
It's just such a great detail. I know we talked about it a couple times, but the fact that like it was a violin to Makar's ancestor, who was a little bigger than yeah. him, but he's so tiny that he has mm-hmm. to play it like a cello. And, mm-hmm. and the spirit plays it like a violin in the mm-hmm. like up on his shoulder uh, in the cutscene. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's even noted in the like concept notes <laughs> that are in like the Hyrule Historia or whatever. I guess it's the Legend of Zelda Encyclopedia that's like Minecraft plays this like a cello <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says it on his um, his figurine too mm-hmm. in the Nintendo Gallery, which we mm-hmm. didn't talk about. But um, it says like it looks like a cello, but it's a actually violin. a violin. <laughs> He's so small. He's even smaller than Link, <laughs> and Link is small. <laughs> <laughs> the scale in this game is really cute. Everything is like, in addition to being cell shaded, mm-hmm. it's also very like chibified, uh, which we haven't talked about. They have like big mm-hmm. heads and big eyes, and kind of like smaller mm-hmm. bodies proportionally. Whereas, like, Ocarina of Time has a more realistic head-to-body height ratio. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, those were my music notes this time. It was great. My my opinion is that mm-hmm. they're great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's mm-hmm. a lot of interesting influence in the music in this one. And, like, varied influence in the music. Mm-hmm. And they're good. Even yeah. the, like, more background-y I mean... background music, where there's kind of just, like, mm-hmm. atmospheric noise, like, in the earth temple or whatever where there's like zombies and stuff and it's really quiet mm-hmm. there's no music on mm-hmm. the ocean at night but then there's like the big yeah. one yeah. in the day so again like also use of low intensity sound is also uh, noticeable in this game too mm-hmm. yeah this aesthetically this game is just top-notch like, mm-hmm. i can see people having quibbles with parts of the gameplay and stuff but it's just like the visuals and the music are just like absolutely stunning like absolutely yeah i'll fight for mm-hmm. it it's a great game mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and i think people- it's like every time i load this up i would stay on the title screen for a while just listening to that <laughs> yeah. Theme and like- i'm trying to learn to play it on guitar i got the like first half down but i have trouble oh, with nice. the um second half because i can't it's hard to break up those like triplet notes because like and i don't know well like i can't really can kind of imitate it but i can't pick it apart mm. i got i have actually mm-hmm. i totally forgot that before we started this i bought like a piano book of the music so that i could see what some of the music is so i can read it it'll just take me a long time <laughs> and I'm annoyed. yeah but yeah it's really fun very charming mm-hmm. song yes and it's i really like that the reveal that like the sage songs are what comprise that song and mm-hmm. they go well together they have like they're a great pair it's a great phrasing mm-hmm. so um yeah that's pretty cool yeah, just, like, i love the title theme i love the mm-hmm. um i love the variation of the traditional zelda theme played over the uh the like backstory yeah that that's tapestry what... thing mm-hmm. and I love Dragon Roost Island. I love yeah. this theme. There's just so mm-hmm. many good tracks in this one. Yeah. I, I, I have to The ocean theme. Mm-hmm. The characters are good. I like the Rito. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love all the characters. I like Mekar's jingly noises. Mm-hmm. Although he does get fucking annoying to control. Which I complained about before we started this, but I'm complaining about it again for the record. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to hear my complaints. <laughs> like, he's cute, but then it gets kind of annoying when you're trying to, like, I'm like, okay, can you like walk faster? <laughs> like, follow me in this in this dungeon, or I gotta just like, pick him up to carry him everywhere. Mm-hmm. Although I do like how he held on to the King of the Red Lion's head when they were yeah. sailing there. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, Medley yeah. sits on the side, but when I got on the boat with Mekar, I was like, where is he? And it took me like a second <laughs> to see him on the top. I was like, oh, yeah. he's hanging on. Yeah, I saw that, and I just I sent you guys a video of it. it's like I immediately you know did the warp song, and it's like your boat's been so fast, and he's around. They're clinging to the top of the head. I'm like, oh, hold on tight, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. Yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the 
all their sounds and all their faces and everything about this game because it's a great game. And anybody, I'll fight anyone who wants to disagree. I mean, what? <laughs> Kayla, this is your favorite game, you said. Yeah, it's great. Started. <laughs> <laughs> like, no comment. No, no additional yeah. comments. Yeah, I was looking for I hadn't played it in a while because I knew we were going to be doing this series. So, like, a couple times when I was like, I should play Wind Waker, I was like, no, I'm going to hold no. off. And so it's really fun to play it again. I hadn't played. Like, I just played the through the one time a long time ago um and like i got to like near the end i got to like pup again in and then kind of just like died and i was like i'll do that later then never did um mm-hmm. so i remembered many many areas of the game and i was like oh yeah i remember this room and i remember this thing and oh there's like a thing over here and then when i got to ganon's castle like i didn't remember that part as as clearly mm-hmm. but i mean you only do it like one time where mm-hmm. you spend a lot of time in the other dungeons at least i did not on this playthrough because I knew how to do them, so it was like very efficient. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, I talked a little bit about it before we recorded. But like when I first played as a kid, I got to about the Tower of the Gods, and then like, I played it later on as a little older and got mostly to the end. But I didn't actually finish it until I was in college, and mm-hmm. that was when I like um, I was playing it on the Wii, like the GameCube yeah, the game in the Wii. Oh, in the Wii. Um, yeah. With my controller stretched out across the room in my dorm room, and I knocked it off of my window because I like pulled the controller back instinctively while I was doing something, <laughs> and just yanked the whole system off of my windowsill because I had it precariously perched. <laughs> I feel like even though the GameCube controllers were longer, like they still weren't long enough. No, yeah, <laughs> they're never long enough. Yeah, I broke the little flappy bit that covers the um, oh, no. controller ports, but I didn't. The system was fine. <laughs> they're pretty indestructible. Like Nintendo's good at making consoles mm-hmm. that are designed to be that for children to own, where they can yeah. like, you know, drop it or whatever, and it's still fine. <laughs> at least mm-hmm. the later ones. Yeah, maybe not a NES, but like the N sixty four is pretty sturdy. You only got to take stuff out and blow in it sometimes for it to work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I really like nowhere is a good place for this, but I kind of want to talk about the, the Wind Waker influence on Breath of the Wild because I don't know. Should we talk about? I don't know. I think we can talk about it. Yeah, it's, if you want to, okay, it's nothing well, like, spoilery. Or, yeah, yeah. Except for like the first couple hours of the of the game, but um, yeah, yeah. Just another thing I because I don't think I've played Wind Waker since Breath of the Wild came out. Mm, so same. playing it again this time, I was like, there's a lot of Wind Waker influence in Breath of the Wild. I know there's yes, there's like influence from all the games, but there's a notable amount of Wind Waker influence. Mm-hmm. It's like the obvious ones are like the Ritos and the Koroks mm-hmm. are yeah back in the in Breath of the Wild, and the Deku Leaf is an item again. Yeah, mm. doesn't serve the uh, floaty purposes since you already have your uh, hang glider, but it does the same like wind blowing thing. Yeah, um, I think the whole thing with the King of Hyrule is very similar in both games. Mm-hmm. He's like a lingering, yeah. regretful spirit who disguises himself as some other figure at first and guides you. Yeah, I think all the like little islands across the map, and especially like during the Triforce quest, is kind of like the little shrine mini dungeons yep. in Breath of the Wild, where you just kind of it's like one quick like puzzle seeing. That you finish and then get a reward for. Yeah, the tasks like, that are a in whole there, dedicated dungeon. The tasks that are in those like small islands are very similar to the like Shika Tower or Shika mm-hmm. Shrine tasks. Yeah, it's yeah. just like one specific thing you're supposed to do, and that whole area is themed around it. And like usually, as soon as you get in there, you're like, ah, I kind of know what I have to do here. <laughs> so to figure out the specifics. Like, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the kind of like ancient technology aesthetics of the Tower of the Gods yeah. and. That yeah. kind of goes forward into like the uh, the divine beasts and the shrines and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think the uh, the use of the the picto box in the Nintendo gallery is mm-hmm. very similar to the um, 
the Sheikah That's Slate right. camera yeah. app and the uh, little compendium yeah. that you can fill out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think the concept of also, like, exploring in general. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. there is that in Ocarina of Time. It's just the map is, like, not as big. But you start to mm-hmm. – we're starting to, like, work toward the scale of of Breath of the Wild, like, even in a mm-hmm. smaller way where yeah. you can go sail to islands and it kind of feels like you're far off, even though you're probably really, like, transitioning through different mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty large open world with, like, until you go into dungeons mm-hmm. and stuff, no, like, loading screens or anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's loading slowly – as you get to places, that's why there's yeah. like the, the sprites yeah. and stuff, but or like not sprites, but like the yeah, smaller but it's like you don't you don't like hit a loading screen and then you're at Windfall Island or whatever. It's yeah. like you yeah. sail right up to it. Also, the best um, experience compared to like PlayStation, like never having a loading screen, mm-hmm. <laughs> almost never having a loading screen. Yeah, on Nintendo <laughs> stuff, like basically ever. Mm-hmm. You can like read a chapter of a book while um, you're waiting for some of those old PlayStation <laughs> games to load. <laughs> I'm just saying it. Uh, I'm calling it like I say. It, it. I say it with affection, but it was a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. But then once you're in, then it's like fine. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah. Also, the divine beast Valmetto is obviously named after Medley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's just sort of the kind of reference that all of them have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they definitely all have references, and like mm-hmm. the music is also carried through. They're like remixed versions of the song, like the um, theme from. The Rito Oh, like the, the Rito Village mm-hmm. is, yes. is similar to Dragon Roost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Dragon Roost, when you go in Breath of the Wild, it's like a much slower version of the song, mm-hmm. and it's played with different instruments. Um, like, that one specifically is, is like, remixed from there. I had, I don't, because I remember it very clearly being like, oh, yeah, it's the, like, Dragon Roost Island theme. I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah, I think other other music is definitely remixed in Breath of the Wild. But specifically, that one comes from this game. And, like, Beatles and Breath yeah. of the Wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, I think the aesthetics that, like, the Tower of the Gods aesthetic is really enhanced in Breath of the Wild, for sure. Mm-hmm. And even things like the environment changing more and, like, the wind. Like, in Breath of the Wild, you mm-hmm. have to do that one, like, the Lost Woods thing where you have to follow the wind and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can see all the wind blowing Link's clothes and blowing the grass and, like... I think, like, those effects and, like, inside the um, shrines, there's, like, dust particle effects um, mm-hmm. in Breath of the Wild. And I feel like aesthetically it's, like, pulling some, con- like, things conceptually from Breath of the Wild or from um, Wind Waker. Although yeah, I haven't the, like, played, weather like, changing, um, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting struck by lightning, yeah. <laughs> for example. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played. I played some Twilight Princess, but, like, Twilight Princess is kind of. More like Ocarina of Time in that um, the aesthetics are not, it doesn't seem as driven by like the Mm -hmm. environment. Like it's almost like you're in this like sort of removed and you are in like the twilight. Everything is, the twilight environment is very like different and Mm -hmm. like it has environmental effects, but it's not the same like focus as Wind Waker and and Breath of the Wild, I feel like. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll play that soon. I might revise. I think they're both, yeah, I think Wind Waker and Breath of the Wild, they're both like the world is more uniquely a character in both of those mm-hmm. games. Like it always is to some degree, but in the series, but there's definitely more focus on like the great sea as an environment and that mm-hmm. breath of the wild Hyrule as an environment. Yeah. yeah. Rather than just and kind of being a place you pass through to get to the next place. Yeah. Like we talked about, like people loved riding Epona through Hyrule field and stuff in Ocarina of time and really enjoyed that. But I just like fucking hated going through there. Cause there's like <laughs> just nothing but enemies like, mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's still, like, grottos where you can go and get stuff. But even then, it's, like, you know, 
whatever it's like a hole you jump in <laughs> like it's not mm -hmm. it's not the same as like things you can interact with and like find Koroks and stuff in Breath of the Wild I mean obviously like the you know technology didn't accommodate for that but yeah same with Wind Waker there's like a lot of even on like smaller islands there's like stuff you can interact with like that's not part yeah, there's of really the a lot quest. to do people complained about it. it's like a big empty sea but it's like there's an island on every square and then there's yeah. like the little platforms and the submarines and Mm -hmm. Even silly little things like going between the flags and mm -hmm. yeah, the barrels and like hopping on the barrels to get rupees and stuff. Yeah, they added an activity for, for, for boredom. Like truly yeah. boredom <laughs> on the ocean. <laughs> and then once you get the warp, which you can get pretty early, um, mm -hmm. which I got as soon as I possibly could, like you can travel very quickly. Like you don't have to yeah. sail forever and ever. And it's not that bad. Oh, you mentioned the Deku leaf, but I think like just the concept of like floating... I guess you could do that in Majora's Mask. Could you do that in Ocarina of Time? No. You can, no, you can't, like, You glide. have to hover boots where yeah. you could just, like, not fall for a little bit. And then in Majora's Mask, you really only had the, um... The, oh, you the, can the become Deku the Deku form. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you can take the Deku, like, Deku, like, boy form, and then you get the little propeller. So... Mm. Yeah, the Deku Leaf, like, the way you use it in Wind Waker is definitely, like, that carried to the paraglider. forward to the sail the sailcloth in um, Skyward Sword and then yeah. into the, the paraglider in uh, yeah. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's not, like, a direct, but it was an influence in, like, Zelda games to have, like, another way to, like, break your fall or glide farther mm -hmm. or whatever. So there's definitely a lot of influence from the story, as you pointed out, and the aesthetics I think, in Breath of the Wild. Which is what makes Breath of the Wild great. Yes. And you could pick up, like, <laughs> weapons and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, which yeah, I'm sure you can in other weapons. games. But yeah, like, in this is, like, the first Zelda game where you can pick up enemy weapons and you can, like, other than sticks, and you can, like, um, and you can use them, you can wield them, and in Breath of the Wild, you can also do that. Yeah. It's, like, a main... Like, you get loot from enemies in Breath of the Wild, and it's, like, one of the main points... You withdraw the sword that's healed also. Although you would do that in Ocarina of Time also. So mm -hmm. Actually, you do that in like every game. But It's a good game. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I was really looking forward to this one. And I played it like very e efficiently because mm -hmm. I was super excited. Yeah. And like I also, maybe the combat's easier or maybe it's just because I played this game before. But I like basically didn't die. I had like three fairies on me the whole time and like yeah. almost never died. I died in like the Ganon fight at the end, mm -hmm. I think. One of yeah, them. I don't yeah, think... the first time. I don't think I ever fully died. Maybe early on when I only had three hearts or something. Yeah. I was like falling into lava. But like I know I came close to losing all my hearts in Phantom Ganon and I lost all my hearts and had a fairy activate once during actual Ganon. But, uh... Yeah, I used a couple fairies with actual Ganon and died one time. Yeah. And, like, and I was scared I was going to lose another one. So I, I had grandma soup. So I had a, a dose <laughs> of grandma soup toward the end. <laughs> There was, like, a fairy in one of the rooms in the lead-up to Ganon's Tower, so I just went in there, like, three times because I had three bottles and got three fairies, and that, like, tided me over through the fight. <laughs> but I died a lot in Ocarina of Time, a so... take a hit of Grandma's Soup. Soup! <laughs> I didn't even go back for Grandma's Soup this time. I remember doing that before, but I was like, but I can just carry a fairy, and, like, I'm not even dying that much. And there's, like, pots yeah. everywhere. Like, there's actual drops all the time, mm -hmm. so it's yeah. not hard. I had a fairy on me when I was there for uh, Jaboon anyway, so I was like, I'll, go. <laughs> I'll go visit Grandma and get some soup. Yeah. It's kind of a sad little bit. Like, she's, like, worried she's herself bereft. literally literally sick over her missing grandchildren. So. I know.
Yeah, that's why I didn't want to visit her because yeah. I knew that. <laughs> and I was like, mm, I'm going to go do something else that's fun and not be sad. <laughs> Mildly sad. And then she sent you a letter where she's like, she's like, Grandma has to be strong too. I sent you all this, like all the money I could save up. And it's like 20 rupees. And you're like, oh, Grandma, oh, grandma. thank you. <laughs> Kazum, where does this rank on your games? Because you, your favorite is Majora's Mask. Yeah. Right? I, I don't, I, I think... My instinct is telling me to put it under Ocarina of Time. But so I like think Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker? I think so. But like I think I know that it's a better game than Ocarina of Time. Yeah, but nostalgia value is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the first game um, that me and Kayla played, so Yeah. yeah. But know. like I like again, aesthetically and the music, like I love it so much. I want it. <laughs> I want to love it more. <laughs> you can love um, Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time is also yeah. a great game. Yeah, I was, yeah. Say, I was like, that's pretty rich competition game. to yeah, yeah to be but... to be ranking against. So it's like any ranking there is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Between Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, and Majora's Mask, I'll take any of them as I'll accept. Yeah, yeah these are all fantastic games. Yeah, like I could easily see any one of those being someone's favorite game of all time. Mm-hmm. With like yeah. no question, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't have a strong opinion about Twilight Princess or Skyward Sword, except that I wasn't that enthralled by them playing them the first mm-hmm. time. But that doesn't mean they won't be good. It just means that yeah. Yeah. I was in college and I didn't have, ain't nobody had time to play a full Zelda game. At least I did. Yeah. I'm looking forward to playing <laughs> Twilight Princess again. I think it's... Yeah. I feel like it's sort of like a little later than Wind Waker kind of went through the same thing. Like I think it had more positive reception at the start and then I think people didn't like it as much, but I think it's starting to come back again. Mm. Yeah. So I'm interested to... Well... I also love that and take a look at it. I love the music mm-hmm. from Twilight Princess mm-hmm. because it's really weird and yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Um, especially like the Twilight. Some really good songs. Yeah, the yeah. like yeah. battle music when you're in the battle Twilight is so bizarre. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre, and that's what makes it great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's pretty and, like cool. Minda's a great character, so it'll be mm-hmm. I love Minda. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I and I keep, I keep having the the Kakariko Village music from that specific game <laughs> pop into my head lately, <laughs> like the. Like do 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 do, like where it starts off with that, and then kind of, it's like I keep trying to think of a different Kakariko Village, and then that version pops into my head. No, <laughs> not that one. But I keep having Wind Waker music stuck in my head, so mm-hmm. you know. But I was writing this, so I was making my notes and listening to it, so that's understandable. Yeah, out of the games we played so far, Wind Waker is my favorite, but I stand by mm-hmm. my Wind Waker Majora's Mask Ocarina of Time rank yeah yeah before. wind waker goes up to the top for me but otherwise everything's the same <laughs> i didn't even ask you i just wrote it in yeah. because yeah. I, knew. <laughs> but I was like i need to check with cosm <laughs> i'm yeah. not sure what he thinks <laughs> i was good and waited until i replayed it to pop it at the top of my list but yeah mm. it was good. it was always gonna be at the top of my list at this point yeah. anyway <laughs> i still i i don't i don't know we'll see with breath of the wild but breath of the wild i just i have such a fondness for that game because of like being able to explore so much like it's the game that Wind mm-hmm. Waker could be if there was technology to do it where you could sail mm-hmm. around and yeah. like go to different yeah. places and whatever but i think i just have trouble com- like mentally comparing breath of the wild to the other games because it's, it's like different. so much its own yes thing. yeah true because i'm like i like i'm like i really love breath of the wild i'm like do i like it more than wind waker and i'm like can i even compare it to wind Is waker even the same? Like, yeah <laughs> that's true you could compare wind waker to ocarina of time but can you compare mm-hmm. wind waker to breath of the wild a good question yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> we're in a whole other world of technology now compared to yeah. these mm-hmm. compared to probably any even yeah. like we we games like and we you yeah. games 
Anyway, speaking of technology, next time we're going to play a Game Boy Wait, Advance whoa, game. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before we move on, actually, <laughs> I do. I, I promised you guys a story about Wind Waker. Oh, yeah, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah. You um, didn't talk about SpaghettiOs, so I was <laughs> <laughs> So um, a friend of mine hates the Wind Waker. How rude. Just, I know. Yeah, why are it. you friends with them? Out of curiosity. <laughs> Every time I bring it up, he groans. And he's never actually really played the Wind Waker. He, he's never big on, like, Nintendo games and Zelda in general. Why are you friends? Um, <laughs> <I have> questions. <laughs> um, uh, he's my oldest friend. That's fine, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Okay, but what's the story about Wind Waker? I brought my GameCube over to his house, uh, and this was when, like, Wind Waker had come out, and I was stuck at the Forsaken Fortress. I didn't know how to get past up to the to get your sword. Hmm. And but it came out. I was really excited to play it. You know, we played it a little bit together, but I really, really wanted to get past that. And so I just kept wanting to play it. And uh, I think he wanted to move on. I didn't. Yeah, basically, just uh, our friendship was almost ruined because of that game. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> I thought you were gonna say then I left and I never saw him again. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you had a fight about Wind Waker? Sad. Basically, yeah, and yeah, yeah, I. But has he that given that, it a try? No, I, I, it's not his style of game, I don't think. <laughs> I want Ben to play Wind Waker. <laughs> yeah. I think that yeah. he would like it. I think he would. You hear me? You hear me, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> it's very like... This is your peer pressure. Right. It's direct sequel to Ocarina of Time. It's not even like a Doris <laughs> Mask where it's like a weird different thing. It's like yeah. Hyrule's underwater now. Like, mm-hmm. you... And then you have this like, the fighting's fun, the story's inter- good... It's just as, it's very similar to Ocarina of Time. It actually is the same structure when Ben talked about in the Ocarina of Time episode, collecting the three uh, stone, the sacred stones. Yeah. I thought the exact same thing was going to happen when I collected the three pearls in this game when I played it the first time. I was like, oh, the game's over. I did everything. And then you're like, what the fuck? You have so much more to do. It's like a third of the way through the game (laughs) or something. Mm -hmm. So that also blew my mind. But mm-hmm. it was, so I had a similar experience. But uh, we didn't mention this game is very not dungeon heavy. Um, we've we've had a lot of games that where there are a lot of dungeons and all that. But like, you got the two original where you get the pearls. You got the two uh, with the sages, mm-hmm. and then like Tower of the Gods, and Dragon then Forsaken Boost. Fortress a couple times. So and then, you know, there's other things. There's like the tower that you need. Um, I forgot what it's called, but where you fight the enemies, which isn't quite a dungeon, but you know, oh, yeah, the, um, the savage labyrinth, or yeah. oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah you know, there's, couple... there's a couple things that you know kind of add up to really you know, mm-hmm. dungeon esque, but yeah, it's it really, not more overworld it's, heavy, yeah, it's very, very just another way so. it's similar to Breath of the Wild. I agree, yeah, yeah. that's uh, something I've seen people criticize about it, but I've never like. I've always liked the like the overworlds more than the dungeons and Zelda games. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but also like problem. we did the like Link to the Past had like fourteen dungeons or something. Two, like, yeah. That's that's yeah. too many dungeons. It had too many dungeons. Yes. This game has like the right amount of dungeons, and like mm-hmm. Ocarina of Time had the right amount of dungeons. So maybe it had yeah. more, but I don't think mm-hmm. it has that many different more locations. Like you know, like the Goron mm-hmm. place. There's um like under the well in the graveyard. Well, yeah. I think basically that how it works out is what there's there's six dungeons uh, as an adult, and then each of those has their child. own like child. Yeah. So it technically has like twelve dungeons, but mm-hmm. something something about how it's done, it doesn't feel like the fourteen in. They're uh, short. In, yeah, well, like especially well, the child versions of the dungeons are yeah. much 
more simple. They're simpler. Also, one of them is connected. Also, there's more variation. So the problem with the game where there's like a gajillion, where there's 14 or however many there are, is mm-hmm. that they're very similar because it was like yeah. the, the SNES game or the yeah, first game. Yeah, so game. many different one? tile patterns you can yeah. put on your dungeon. Yeah. And like <laughs> different sprites. <laughs> like all of those dungeons in in Ocarina of Time have different enemies, right? Like they all mm-hmm. have different mm-hmm. small small enemies and bosses. Yeah, and um, they were like different to, different to navigate. Like some are more vertical, and yeah, no, I mean, like some were yeah, more the around a central temple. room, and uh, yeah, everyone's favorite. <laughs> yeah, there's more variation, and Wind Waker has a lot of variation in the levels as well. Like there's not mm-hmm. one where the, the the like gimmick of the dungeon is the same as any of the others. Yeah, yeah. sometimes you have to use like multiple items. Sometimes you just use the one to mm-hmm. get around. Yeah, you still have to take your boots on and off. In the inventory, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you only have to do it like twice. Then... <laughs> I guess yeah, you have right. to do it a lot in the wind temple, but it's just to spring those things. So it's not that big of a deal. But yeah. to do that, you have to have. And it's also much easier. In... Yeah, and it's also yeah. much easier in um, like HD with the, gym, the HD because you got the yeah. touchscreen item changing. True. Yes, mm-hmm. you can just drag. I totally forgot the HD. Uh, touchscreen had a stylus and i was like oh yeah that's right we used to do that mm-hmm. with nintendo things mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i just use it's my the... finger now <laughs> yeah i mean you can just touch it it's like pressure sensitive mm-hmm. but i totally forgot that it also had a stylus yeah. which is really funny it's like i have an aversion of putting my greasy fingers on there so i'd like use the tip of my fingernail to try and like to drag the items and just do it really briefly <laughs> i just like didn't touch it <laughs> and mm-hmm. just use the pro controller <laughs> or or mm-hmm. handheld it <laughs> it's great Mm-hmm. It sure is. <laughs> it's the best, and everybody should play it, even if you don't <laughs> think you'll like it, because it's cute, too cute for you, or whatever the fuck your problem <laughs> is with Wind Waker. <laughs> I'm attacking you. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> anyway, um, there weren't that many good quotes from the end of Wind Waker, so remember to look forward and walk a path of hope, trusting that it will sustain you when the darkness comes, and then join us January 1st for Minish Cap. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> There are some that are really good from the other one, like parting. Parting doesn't have to last forever. It's up to you how long or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> when was like, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. water's coming or whatever. <laughs> and then like the rest of that scene where Lincoln, the rest of the end of the cutscenes, there's like no more dialogue. They're just like waving mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sailing off to find new Hyrule. Yeah. To find the land from Breath of the Wild question mark. Yeah. Or Wake Up Wonders. We didn't really talk about the like, second quest in this game oh yeah like after you beat it once you can wear your pajamas and understand hylian basically <laughs> right that's right i forgot you could see the dialogue you can mm-hmm. wear your pajamas understand hylian and you don't you can't like you get less hearts or you, and you take double free. damage oh you take double damage you oh. take double damage and hearts don't drop from containers fairies will spawn from like ones where that they're guaranteed to spawn from mm. and that's about it so i don't like that i have a yeah. safe new save slot on my thing but that doesn't mean that i'm gonna play mm-hmm. it <laughs> yeah it's really cool with the hylian because it's like super spoilery what those guys are talking about because they're just like all sorts of talking about like what's going on like i know i wanted to read it so bad yeah like when you're talking to javoon he's Jabun. like is this the here is this the descendant of the hero and he's like no this is someone new and then he's like have you found zelda and he's like yeah i think i have and it's like <laughs> <laughs> whereas in the regular game it's like you just see oh yes i think i have or whatever and it's like very like mysterious like yeah. conversation mm-hmm. yeah 
and like funny. the Deku tree starts addressing you like you're the old hero time. <laughs> Master Lonk. <laughs> Lonk yeah. has been a long time. I love like space in the Deku tree. He just starts spewing ancient Hylian at him and he's like, yeah. ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of his great expressions. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Join us January 1st for Minish Cap. Yay. Be there. Yay. Or be square. Yay. We're gonna be tiny and we're gonna be on a handheld again. I don't either. (laughs) We're gonna be tiny. The hat has a bird on it. What more can (laughs) we ask for? (laughs) Anyway, we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye bye. 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 Which is a shame because the GameCube's a great console. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good console. And it had a lot of games. No. <laughs> I have some tech notes to discuss. It had a lot of games. Yeah. That's true. It has it some of my favorite games. games like Metroid mm-hmm. and Wind Waker is one of my favorite games. And it yeah. had Melee, which I think was like mm-hmm. probably one of the most popular GameCube games, Super mm-hmm. Smash Bros. Melee. Mm-hmm. And all major entries into Nintendo's like main franchises mm-hmm. like Mario. It had a lot of weird games too. Yeah. Like one of my favorite games is Chibi Robo, which mm-hmm. I still play yep. every now and then, which is a GameCube exclusive mm-hmm. the first pikmin was on mm-hmm. gamecube right i forgot about pikmin mm-hmm. it's a great console people just don't know i don't know they just they wanted like high-res graphics and dvd players which is what you got with yeah. the playstation yeah. and, and not with a, a gamecube nintendo was like we're doubling down on not doing that mm-hmm. and yeah then many many years later they sold the switch bajillions yeah. of switches so <laughs> i guess it worked out yeah <laughs> and graphically, the uh, I think most of the GameCube games hold up way better than their contemporaries on the mm-hmm. PlayStation 2 and Xbox, yeah. just because of the yes, because they were less focused on like cutting edge, hyper realistic graphics, which <laughs> do not age well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> no, and especially Wind Waker, I think has gotten more like I don't know reputation has generated more acclaim a- after its initial release because of the graphic mm-hmm. style mm-hmm. rather than at the time. Because people were like, I want another Ocarina of Time. Nintendo was like, how about Toon Link? And they were like, mm-hmm. no. And then years later, they're like, this yeah. is a beautiful game, mm-hmm. basically. So Yeah, it still looks great. Like, you can plug in the original, and it still mm-hmm. looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it looks good. The HD remake is really, really nice. Yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. The original one looks great, too. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I like the HD remake mostly for the like uh, quality of life changes. Like, if they had done nothing <laughs> to the graphics, it would have been fine. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they added like glow and like mm-hmm. other. Things. It does look pretty, but yeah. <laughs> it looks pretty. But they didn't really have to do anything. Mm-hmm. No, but the quality of life things are a better, oh, yeah. imp- mm-hmm. notable improvement. Mm-hmm. You all both played this on HD, this, the Wii U. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So did I. Oh yeah, I guess I should say that this game was remade and re-released for HD. So it was originally released on the GameCube in 2002, and then I don't actually remember. I didn't get the date. <laughs> so much lazy research this time because <laughs> yeah. um, you were too busy playing the game 13, I wanna say. yeah i beat the game mm. 13 I was oh right. to 13 oh, really? yeah well, good mm-hmm. job i didn't realize i remember getting the wii u around when i started my first job so it was around 2013 or maybe we got mm-hmm. it in 2012 and we like waited in line at a building to mm-hmm. get it mm-hmm. which <laughs> wasn't a long line but it was a line I didn't get the Wii U until this game came out because they released like a special edition with um, Wind Waker HD and the Hyrule Historia mm. digital edition already pre-downloaded onto oh, it. Oh, I didn't know it came with that too. Yeah, and it's got pretty little gold like Zelda symbols yes. on the gamepad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, and we got it with the initial release and got Zombie U or whatever the fuck <laughs> games were out for the Wii U. 
And I was like, I can't possibly. I was like, I can play this watching other people. And then I picked it up and I was like, I can't do this. It's too stressful. Somebody else plays this game. <laughs> that was my first experience with the Wii U. <laughs> we use an interesting system. <laughs> Didn't have a great library. Yeah. It's got some really good games. It just doesn't have a lot of games. Yeah. It's a really, I have like mixed feelings. Mm -hmm. If you, I was just thinking about this today while I was preparing for this because I like played the Wii U and like, if you look, if you line up all Nintendo's consoles from like this, the NES to the Switch, and you look at the Wii U, you're like, we don't fucking need this mm -hmm. because like. Well, they ported almost everything onto the Switch because almost no one got a Wii U and almost mm -hmm. everyone owns a yeah. Switch. Yeah. So, so there's very few games that are just on the Wii U. <laughs> yes, but that's because the but the Wii was like a incredibly popular system also mm -hmm. because it had like a completely different interface and like was really interesting. But then, like, we wouldn't have the Switch without the Wii U. Because mm -hmm. I think the Switch was really... Or the Wii U was, like, a proof of concept for, like, what Nintendo thought mm -hmm. gaming in a house would be like mm -hmm. in the future, which was accurate. They had done, like, yeah. all this home research that proved that people wanted to share the TV. Mm -hmm. And, like, the Wii U came out at a time where cell phones were starting to increase in popularity. So, like, you were having in-home experiences where people were in the same space but not consuming the same media at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so this, there, that's that was like the research they leveraged to like release the Wii U, and it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in a way, it's a really cutting edge system. It's just a little too cutting edge. It is, <laughs> and it was, but they did that with the Wii too. Like nobody knew how to make a motion control mm -hmm. game. Like the Kinect yeah. had been out for like maybe a year or something, or maybe it even came out after. I don't even remember. Yeah, Nintendo's always been like a bit too ambitious with its weird mm -hmm. ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were trying to do like. Um, glassesless 3d in like the 90s <laughs> yeah and like the connected the internet connected um like the nintendo like dd 64 mm -hmm. dd yeah and there's like subscription gaming that came with that mm -hmm. where you get games delivered once a month mm -hmm. like they're all good ideas they're just like way too ahead of their time <laughs> i don't know yeah it's like the ideas are their way before the ability to actually do them <laughs> mm -hmm. but then if you look at something like a playstation like not to display station but like it's just it's the same console every time. It's just like higher graphic, higher resolution graphics. Instead of a DVD player, it has a Blu-ray player. Mm -hmm. You know, like it it adds connectivity or something. But it's like really more and more iterations of the same. Like the hardware mm -hmm. gets better. I mean, they'll, they'll, they add peripherals, but like mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but yeah, but like you know, yeah, it's like it's a good solid system that they mm -hmm. make steady improvements on. But there's hardly any like big. I don't want to use the word gimmicks, but, you know, something like, like big changes, big ideas. Mm -hmm. Nintendo has, like, interface changes every... Mm -hmm. like they've done... The, the PS5 has some neat things with the rumble in their controller and stuff, but it's mm -hmm. not, like, big stuff that they advertise on, like like the Wii and they don't, yeah. they don't have a kickstand. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? I saw some little graphic that showed, like, um, evolving, like, game controllers for each, like, major console. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, the funniest things were the PlayStation one that like doesn't change at all, mm -hmm. like yeah. <laughs> and then the Nintendo controllers that are like woo all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it's like this one's square, this one's oval, this one's got a weird prong in the middle. This one. Yeah. yeah, PlayStation was someone they hired like an industrial. They must have I don't I'm speculating, but they hired an industrial designer that was like for ergonomic reasons it must be shaped like this. And now every controller shaped like that basically. Mm -hmm. Where it's like it's two prongs, the prongs are straight. The buttons you can you can reach the buttons with your thumbs. Like I was whinging while we were playing this game to y'all about the Wii Pro controller, how it's like curved out. It's not ergonomically designed 
for your hands, at least for my <laughs> tiny hands. Mm-hmm. And I was really pissed off about that, mm-hmm. which I didn't notice that much at the time because I didn't play that. I still many. think the PlayStation controller needs to change the position of its left joystick. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't disagree. Your thumb rests comfortably on the D-pad. It should rest comfortably on the joystick because yeah. almost no game uses the D-pad. That's why the <laughs> Nintendo Pro Controller is the best controller. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the sticks are in a place where you can reach them with your thumbs. Mm-hmm. And then the buttons are in places where you can also reach them with your thumbs an appropriate amount. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's my rant. Anyway, Wind Waker. Are... <laughs> yeah, we could talk about Wind Waker. But anyway, that's my rant about the Wii U and how it's mm-hmm. important. The gamepad's surprisingly comfortable, though. Like, I played the it whole is. game on the gamepad. And, nice. Like, you'd think it'd be bulky and awkward, but it's actually... Like, it is a little bit, but it's way more comfortable than you think it would be. It is it is also, I would say, well ergonomically designed because it is straight. And so, like, you can fit your fingers under there. And it has, mm-hmm. like, a ledge. It's the little le- yeah, the little ledge on the back. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah, it has a... So you can stick your fingers underneath. So it's, like, comfortable to hold sort of semi-vertically as opposed to, like, a... You know, like a game boy where it's completely flat so your your hands are kind of like pincer mm, the whole time yeah. mm-hmm. you're using the back of your hand like your fingers to balance out the pressure of your thumb but with mm-hmm. the like wii u pro controller it's resting on your like index fingers while you're moving your thumb mm-hmm. so it has like a little bit more mm-hmm. this is my unprofessional <laughs> interface analysis of the controller I personally bought a uh, Wii U Pro controller that's shaped like a GameCube controller because I was really <laughs> mad about the and really like or not mad but I was really annoyed with the Pro Wii U Pro controller digging into my palm while I was trying to do the thing with Orca where you have to Z target him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which it turns out you don't have to. I learned playing this game you don't have to hold the Z to Z target and I was really blown away. You can just tap it on and off, mm-hmm. at least in the HD version. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anyway, I guess we can talk story first. <laughs> <laughs> Rants. This is my seamless segue to you, Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, 